this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Another episode of the Moto X Pod Show, episode 173. I'm Dark Side. Great show tonight. I wanted to shout out to all of our sponsors. Uh, as you guys may have heard, 2021 title sponsor, a Cherbies USA. For decades, a Cherbies has been the leader in moto plastic accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. A Cherbies has what you need. So visit a CherbiesUSA.com or call 1 800 659 1440. Let Brian Fullerton and the crew know that the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Also want to give a shout out to X Brand Goggles, Berm Lords and Graphics, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, excuse me, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, and Extreme Colors Helmet Painting. All on board for 2021. What was that for? I was hearing a vibration of some kind. You heard nothing. Okay, I heard nothing. TJ, why are you still in here? You're supposed to be out fixing my 06 anyway. You're not even supposed to be in here. Oh, you want to do this? Huh? No, that's that's uh, Scotty T's job now. He's still he's still a trainee. Okay, fair enough. You can look at my bike some other time. Uh, great show tonight. We've got the Red Bud Two overall winner, RJ Hampshire, coming on. Uh, WPS rep Justin Jennings is gonna get with us in just a few minutes, and we're gonna talk about the Red Bud races and what what we expect to come in the next few rounds. Then after uh, RJ later, we're gonna have Little D, Donnie Emler, owner of FMF, come on. And Shan Garcia is out at Diamond Dawn's vintage race that starts this weekend in Jefferson. Uh, he is the owner of Berm Lords and Shock Socks. He's going to come off for just a few minutes to talk about coming on board with us and maybe a little Texas Moto type stuff. But um, back in studio, all three of us, it's kind of unusual. TJ, you're back this week. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's 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 a record this year, I think. And the bad thing is, is next week I fly out on Tuesday. Yeah. So I'll Nick, I'll miss next week's show. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, Scotty T, get the get the cameras ready. Yeah. What's up, Scotty? Yeah. Was, hopefully, I don't uh, crash and burn without the training wheels on. We'll, we'll I hope it not, out. but we're, it's a work <laughs> in progress. We'll get it all figured out. Um, so a couple things, and <laughs> all this time ahead of the show, and I did not write down the winner of the Fly Kinetic Gear. So we did our Red Bud Fantasy uh, giveaway, and we had a winner. And I know his email is like BMX something. I'll get his name here in just a second. But he he won the Fly Kinetic K221 gear. Appreciate everybody playing. It was really close. Garrett Rockley, you missed it by just a little bit. Just a couple points. You guys missed it by. But it was a lot of fun. It, it I didn't realize how much time it was going to take for me to figure all the, the points out. Because I have to do it manually. I don't have the 0101100 oh, yeah. codes that Travis Marks has. So I had to go in and pull the points and write them down manually and figure out everybody's score. So you're saying you could have cheated? Well, I wasn't playing, so no, I didn't have any reason to, to cheat this time. I mean, if it was like actual Pulp Fantasy, then hell yeah, I would have cheated. Um, and I'd like to say you don't need to right now. You've been kicking our butt in RL privately. Dude. So, Well, 
Friday, Monday, the second race, halfway through Moto 1, 450s, I look up and I'm third overall. Or 10th overall. Maybe it was third the last the, time. I think in I was your tenth. league or like? No, uh, overall for everybody. I was 10th place. Oh, wow. I was like, hell yeah, it's going to be a good week. All my guys were like, had 50 points or 48 points or like high scores. And then in the Mo- Moto 2, for each class, I had two guys, well, two guys from each class that combined gave me 22 whole points. Oh, like wow. a couple of them, I think, got zero. A couple of them got three. It was terrible. Terrible, terrible. It just fell and I fell to like 2,000 and it just. Peaks and valleys, man. Peaks and valleys. But uh, I also shipped out all the, the the signed plastic and the blood lubricants. I shipped out the the stickers. But TJ, we had a guy. I told you last week that sent me a message that said I, you had me at stickers. I could never find that message again. I looked at my Instagram, the show Instagram, my Twitter, the show Twitter, all the emails. I, I looked everywhere and I can't find it. So if you were that guy that sent me the message. And you can screenshot it or prove that you were the guy. Send me another message to MotoXPodShow at gmail.com, and I'll get you a sticker out. I actually sent a whole bunch of other no, that, stickers. That was me. That was you. No, well, <laughs> well, if you can prove it, Scotty. No, wait. You're not. You're not. You're no longer eligible. You're part of the show. Oh, okay. Sorry. So yeah, if you were that guy, I apologize. It's some of those messages just they disappear. But yeah, I, I'm gonna try to find the winner of the fly gear. And we're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be back right back with Justin Jennings from WPS. All right, we got our, uh, our first guest of the night. He's WPS rep, Justin Jennings. You've probably heard him on the wrap-up show before. What's up, Justin? What's going on, Darkside? How are you? Doing good, man. You're brought to, brought to us by X-Brand Goggles tonight. Visit xbrand.com for all your goggle needs, or hit me up, darksidemx3 at aol.com. Uh, Justin, just so you know, I've got my co-host TJ and Scotty T in studio tonight. What's up, boys? How are you guys? Doing good. What's up, man? Oh, man. Just another day in the life of a WPS rep. There you go. What did you sell the most of today? Formulas? Uh, no, actually, uh, Fly Racing offers a street line, and uh, we built a street order at one of my dealers because we'll be doing an event uh, at Barber Motorsports next week for the Moto America race. Oh, sweet. So we'll be vending out there and uh, selling the Fly Street brand, which a lot of people don't know what we do, but we do offer a street side of the Fly brand. Yeah, I actually uh, I looked at some of those uh, street helmets at one point. Actually, TJ was going to try to sell me his motorcycle, and I was thinking about it, and then I went and looked at the street helmets on there. They're pretty cool, man. I They got a lot of good stuff that Fly offers uh, for, for on uh, highway use also. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, you got a, an event coming up too, right? With uh, a fly racing Bradshaw event coming up somewhere. Yeah, some guy Damon Bradshaw and Weston Pike are supposed to be coming to an event on Monday, the fourteenth. Um, it's going to be the Fly Racing Ride Day over at Lincoln Trail in Casey, Illinois. Heck so yeah. it's going to be a really fun day. Um, they're racing Saturday and Sunday, and then we're going to do a Fly Ride Day on Monday. So it should be a really good weekend. Yeah, I, I I would say don't ask Damon if you could borrow his bike. He has learned his lesson, so none of that. Um, well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you've been on the wrap up show. This is your first time on the Moto X Pod show, so we appreciate you coming yep. on. Let's talk a little bit of well, Red. Thank Blood. you, appreciate it. Yeah, man. What do you think about the double header? Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I was on Daniel Blair's Janky podcast. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Main Man Moto. Yeah, we, um, we, we're not like Pulp, man. We support the other podcasts. We love Daniel and Main <laughs> Event. Yeah, we're good. Um, 
So I was on that last week, and we talked about this event was kind of, Andy Gregg brought up a good point. This event was kind of going to be like the Daytona, where we were going to see which way the championship swung. Um, you know, whoever left out of here was going to be kind of on the right track to being a champion. So yep. I think that's kind of what we saw, honestly. You know, uh, RJ stepped up huge. Eli uh, didn't do really what we were hoping for, and Zach came in and did what he needed to do. So overall, I think Redbud was really good for us um, as fans just to get two, two days of racing in a four-day span. So yeah. um, overall, I thought it was a really cool doubleheader yeah i think it was really cool other than the start time kind of sucked for people with normal day jobs it was i was lucky that i was yeah. off on monday for a holiday but i actually had to take off work at noon our time on Mo uh, friday to watch it that was the only downside in my opinion other than that it was cool and i, I agree with what you said going into Redbud, i was still sort of iffy about zacco but i i feel like barring any like catastrophe type stuff that Zach's got this thing uh, pretty well in hand in the 450 class. TJ, what do you think, man? Yeah, I was saying a while back that I think that um, he's probably not going to be able to hold on to it. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I may be eating my words there because I was expecting a lot more out of Marv. I, I just, I mean, he's just such a veteran. <laughs> Barsha punked him out. <laughs> but, I, or Barsha coming in. I just expected bit with so many guys to be so fired up, which obviously Barsha is with Tomac having his issues. I think that has put a fire under everybody. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I and I, I'm a big Zacho fan. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't, I know what you're trying to say. I kind of felt like he might not kind of like, I guess what Steve said, like he can be a head case sometimes and kind of felt like there's going to be an issue and there still could be, but right now, man, uh, Scotty, it seems like Zach's got it well in hand. I mean, the guys like, uh, TJ mentioned Eli and Barsha are and Marvin are extremely fast at times, but they've had these bad starts or these little mistakes or these crashes that haven't you know befallen Zach yet. Well, what I, the the only downfall? I love the doubleheader. I love being able to watch two races and like my whole weekend. I just yeah, had moto. Yeah. Kiefer talked about that. Like all his whole weekend was moto. But the one thing, like say all we had was Red Bud one and Zacho went one one and Eli struggled. Like how much? Like I know we're still kind of putting Zach at that as that leader now, but like how much? If he just gone one one, that's all we got, and that's all we had to talk about this week. How much? We I think we would be saying even more that this championship is his, yeah. because the, I think the second round kind of having two weekends in a row, it's almost like the first one is a little less on the on the spotlight, a little less important because we're because the or recency effect. We're talking about the most recent one because it's the most closest one to us. Okay. But I think that like the that one one on Zach kind of probably got put under the radar a little bit more than it normally would have. You may be right. What do you think there, Justin? Um, I just sent you a text. It was a little hard to see him or hear, hear uh, Scotty. Okay, once again, no, actually, Scotty figured it out. He came over, <laughs> figured the board out. Uh, if you're watching, you if you guys were watching on YouTube, you, TJ once again saved the board the day. So I will never be able to get rid of TJ. I'll never be able to fire him ever. Uh, not, not that any of us <laughs> pay, get paid anything. That's or, a good but anyway, point. all right, yeah, exactly. Justin. So, what Scotty was saying, what basically in a nutshell was, he felt like the second race was more important, more prevalent in our minds. I think. I think the recency kind of effect. Yeah. Like, I think if it had only been Zach's one-one, and that's all we got in all weekend, like, yeah. I think the conversations would go a little bit more towards his favor. Okay. 
even though he's still kind of the talk is like it's kind of his to lose now, but yeah. I still feel like it would have been even more talk about that if it was just that one one. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, getting two motos allowed us to see that Zach is here for the long haul, and he's not just here for one one race or two races. Like yeah. he's got championship on his mind. Oh, absolutely. He's he's more confident now than he has been in the four fifties. Uh, I think I think it turned a page, you know, probably after Iron Man a little bit. Like I asked him in the press conference, if you like, you know, now that you're the guy, and he kind of was like, yeah, he start, he's starting to believe it, and I think it's good for him, and it's going to be. I mean, as I always, it couldn't happen to a better guy, and he's in fly racing, so that's that's a positive for WPS. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Making we. Us look good. Yeah, you t- we you touched on the two fifties and RJ. Uh, man, I mean, J Mart's you know leading right now, but Dylan still is the fastest guy if he could just keep the damn thing on two wheels. Yeah, he's making it real interesting <laughs> by crashing every moto. Yeah, uh, or getting a or a bad start. Um, so he's literally like I don't know if you'd call it bad luck or just you know riding that he's just so determined to win the title. But the mistake JT made a good point. It's like he almost just needs to calm down. Yeah, I think he's. I think the best way to describe him, and I was thinking about this weekend, reading all the hate again on him. You know, literally, his wife Nastasia was like reposting DMs she was getting about people like, "I wish you would die. You're the worst." And and it's like, it's so silly when you go back and watch, first of all, that's just ridiculous anyway. But you go back and watch the where he took out J Martin Moto One, like going down the hill, he had room, right? But he's just a little impatient, even with like the Christian Craig thing impatient man i mean you were clearly faster than j mark you didn't have to do that calm down you're gonna be fine if he could figure that out if david villeman could get that through his head scotty i mean do you where do you stand on the j mark crash or him taking j mark out i mean i think i mean like those it's hard because you're looking at it when the way we saw it, we're looking at it coming at us the angle yeah so okay. when you're being a rider and being on the track like like they were kind of in two different lines, and then that's the way that track did all yeah. weekend. Is that like the four lines go into one, and maybe like maybe he thought that J Mart was going to go outside. I it didn't even look like they really hit. It looked like no. I think Dylan kind of yeah I, I got think, into the soft stuff trying and, to avoid the crash. Yeah, and then that caused the crash. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I don't think that. I think I know J Mart was upset, but I mean yeah, he, and he still is. But Steve made the point last night that that's kind of how J Mart is. I mean, he's firing himself he has up a, right. Is motivating himself right now is by being mad at everybody. Yeah, but I mean, he came out of it with a seven point lead. So, right, TJ, what about you, man? I mean, do you think do you think it was dirty? Do you think it was impatience? What, what are your thoughts? Um, actually, I was sitting here thinking that I'm working on this, and I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So, Justin, you know, again, I kind of my point. I felt like he had room in the beginning, but like Scotty said, the rut hooked over and cut the upper part of the track off where Dylan was, and there. It was to me. It's just impatience. Yeah, and we we weren't there, so I would have to imagine that knowing being a racer, that Dylan probably came down that hill, hit rev limiter right behind <laughs> J Mart to scare him. Yeah, and then J Mart probably went over even more left to close that line on him, and then Dylan got in that soft stuff, and they both went down. Right. Um, or he could even been screaming at him. You know, there's that too. So we don't know for sure, but. Either way, I feel Dylan. That was a dumb, dumb move on Dylan's part. Honestly, um, I feel like he could have checked up and then went to the changes line. But he was committed, and he's there to win a title. And unfortunately, you know, it took them both down. But 
Um, like Scotty said, J-Mart's got a seven-point lead, so J-Mart's you know, got his eyes on the prize, and Dylan's the one that's got to scramble to get points back. Yeah, I, I think so. So, Justin, we got RJ coming up in about eight minutes. Um, give me uh, – what do we see at Millville? Do we see – in 250, do we see the a, the Martin brothers uh, – you know, dominate or what? What do we see in the two hundred and fifty class at Millville? Give me, uh, give me your your results for the four hundred and fifty class. Four fifties. I think uh, Osborne's going to be on the box. I think AC's going to get another win, um, and I think we're going to get either uh, Tomac in second or Marvin in second. I don't think Barsha. Like I see Barsha being strong, but. I feel like his results in the past haven't been the greatest at that track um, in the past. I could be wrong, but um, I know Tomac rides there really well. Um, so I think Tomac is going to, you know, I, I said AC, but the more I think about it, Tomac needs a win. Like, he needs a win. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I expect him to, to get a win this weekend, or not this weekend, but next weekend at Millville. Okay. So you think, all right, what about the 250 class? Who? Do, I mean, does Amart finally get a win? What do you think? Um, Amart should be good. Uh, I think so just because that's his home track, but I don't know if you guys watched his vlog. Jeremy put it to him all four <laughs> yeah. motos a little while back. I saw that. Yeah. So I think Jeremy's going to be really strong and he's got a lot of confidence right now. Um, but I really like to see one of the PC guys get up there on the box. Um, honestly, um, those guys I feel are, you know, Harrison's been chipping away, chipping away. McAdoo, same thing, chipping away, chipping away. But I think it's going to be kind of the same guys. RJ is going to be up there. Dylan, of course, will be there. And then uh, the other guy that's really, you know, I talked about this last week on Daniel's show, is Justin Cooper. Like, I'm waiting for him to break out and get, you know, he did one good thing in Ironman. He got had a good moto. But that poor guy has not been able to put back-to-back motos together. No, you're right. I mean, I think he's still kind of, you know, having the coming back from, uh, what was it, the hand, I think, the, the bro- broken finger. Yeah. Broken hand, but yeah, he's he's getting better. But you're right. I, I keep I keep thinking like him and McElrath are going to get those starts and just ru- run away, but uh, it hasn't happened. But uh, if Dylan could figure his starts out, like he's going to be the guy. He's going to be unbeatable almost. But uh, I'm looking forward to Millville. That's you know everybody likes Redbud, but Millville. I have no, I've only been to Redbud once from MX of Nations. I've rode Millville two different times, and I love that place. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, that. 50 classes gnarly so i'm oh, looking yeah. at it right now yeah dylan went 5-2 for second overall shane went 110 jeremy went 11-1 and then ty masterful went 413 <laughs> right. like those guys are all over the place dude there's like no like consistency i mean rj's the strongest dude with a 2-3 so i think he's gonna be if he can keep that up he's gonna be really strong at the end of the championship well, we're about to talk to him in just a minute. Justin, I appreciate you coming on. What's your uh, your social so everybody can check it out and follow you? Um, so it's going to be at Triple J 533. Um, and then also check out uh, the Fly Racing website if you're interested. Or not Fly Racing, but Fly Racing Instagram if you guys are interested in coming to the ride day. Like I said, Weston's going to be there. Uh, Damon's going to be there. So it's going to be a really fun, fun event. Awesome, man. Justin, thanks for coming on, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow night on the Pulpomex Wrap-Up Show. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. All right, take it easy. See you. All right, see you. All right, that's Justin Jennings. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with RJ Hampshire. 
we all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. All right, we're back. Uh, Bringing up next, that's a terrible intro, but anyway, up next, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible with riders like Weston Pike, Blake Bag, Zach Osborne, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Visit flyracing.com for all the 2021 line. I made my order today. Can't wait for my stuff to get here tomorrow. Tonight, Fly Racing brings us rock star Huskies, RJ Hampshire. What's up, dude? How much, man? Uh, like we were just saying. Got a draft coming up tonight, some fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, ready to enjoy the weekend off. Yeah, I'm trying to get fired up for football. Um, I'm just not yet. I, I saw a little bit of college yeah. ball maybe night before last and the stadium being empty, and I was just like, I'm not feeling it right now. I, I wouldn't be if we didn't have a draft with everybody <laughs> from Baker's Factory. Oh. So, I mean, we have Zach O'Koof. Scuba. I mean, it's a pretty good group, so I think it'll make it a little bit more interesting. Zacho doesn't know nothing about football. Uh, that's all right. He's just a donation at this point. There you go. There you go. You got to get that for my, my 49ers defense on your team, man. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't first, sound you first didn't, pick. First pick, 49ers defense. <laughs> yeah, you didn't sound too positive, yeah, man. Just sure. don't pick any of those damn Cowboys. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, RJ, congrats on the overall. Uh, you told me when you get an OA, you were gonna you were gonna come on the show, and you you did, man. Good job. Yes, yeah, appreciate it. I stuck to my word. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I did screw you over a little bit on the last time. So no, I felt bad and I was like, man. 
I, I, I uh, kind of had a deal with Colt. So, yeah, no, I'm stoked to uh, be on. And, um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, we don't have any delusions, man. I mean, I do a show for Pulp, and I we know we know where we are in the food chain. It's all good. We're glad to have you on now after that OA. Um, look, man, you've had some ups and downs this season, but it seems like things are starting to come together. You're figuring it out. Uh, you know, honestly, most of the riders have had some ups and downs. Um, how are you honestly feeling about it? Like with, what, five to go, I think? Something like that? Four. Four to go, yeah, four to go. So, what do you, what do you, how, you, where are you at headspace? Um, I mean, I'm, I feel good. I've been riding well. I don't think my riding's really changed since the beginning of the season. I mean, I started off with a three-two, and um, I mean, I got beat pretty bad by Dylan at round one. Um, so then, kind of just my goal after that was to, uh, you know, close that gap that you know he has on me, mm-hmm. uh, speed-wise. Um, came into Loretta's and. You know, I won the first moto, and then we ended up having that bike problem second moto. So that was a bit of a bummer. And then um, actually had a pretty big crash leading up to Indiana, Ironman. And then uh, so I was like, all right. And I kind of knew where I, I needed to be for uh, to go racing. And, uh, I mean, I felt decent leading up to second practice and then had another massive crash second practice before the race. So. That kind of set me back, and then, man, it was a struggle there. Um, but, yeah, I turned it around this weekend, and for the second, first overall, like, I don't think many people know this, but, I mean, they know it, but they don't realize that I don't have many of these podiums. So, yeah, for me to have three out of five, like, that's pretty special right now. I mean, before that, I think I've only had two. So, it uh, just kind of shows where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think, you know, anybody can say what they want about riders deciding to change teams and, and you know, needing a, a fresh start, but – it seems like it's been a good thing for you. It's working for you, uh, you know, and it's getting better. It takes time to learn a bike. What I want to know, though, is you kind of mentioned Dylan being, you know, I mean, look, he lap time wise, he's been the fastest guy. Uh, and this get this sport is very, very mental. So when you see that, how does that work on yourself, you know, your mental state? And then you also can see, well, he's lap time wise the fastest guy, but he keeps making mistakes. So it's sort of kind of evens out a little bit but does that bring you down any do you kind of get or do you does it motivate you no honestly i think it motivates me more just because it it makes that start that much more important yeah um if i start in front of him like he's gonna have to pass me and uh i mean it's pretty obvious that he's got um i mean the yamaha definitely has some horsepower so (laughs) uh like i'm just i'm just saying like I, i need to close that gap speed wise the best way i can and uh, to start with, with in front of them, I mean that's that's a, I mean it makes the life a lot easier if you're in yep. front of them off of the gate. Um, and then dude, he passed me with literally two corners to go this weekend, which was yeah. I mean I was pretty bummed on that, but uh, I think we're a lot closer now than where we were at round one. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Yeah, you know you mentioned yeah. that you were like you know you didn't have any podiums last season. And so coming into this season, obviously the goals is to, is podiums, getting on the board, getting the best points. Now, do you do you kind of have – did that seem as – now that you're third in points, did that seem as obtainable as it has become? And then kind of how do you deal with that pressure as now that you're one of the contender guys? Uh, I mean, you said I haven't had any podiums last year. I mean, dude, it's, I had five years and I've only had two podiums. So it just wanted <laughs> to show, like, how much, how much can change um, – you know, whenever you get the mental side down, which I feel like I do right now, 
Um, and, you know, just having the support from the team. Um, I mean, I've never been the guy at Geico or when I was over there um, before this. And now I feel why, like people don't realize how much that actually affects, you know, how you race or mm. you know, how you carry yourself. And uh, I feel like I'm that guy right now at, you know, Husky for the 250 side. And, um, like they put a lot of pressure on me, and I I, I like that right now. I I, I want that pressure, um, and then to have what happened to Supercross, you know, whenever I missed those, it, it added a lot more to myself. Um, you know, just knowing I needed to perform. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a lot. Uh, you know, kind of moving forward, where I knew I needed to be a podium guy this year, um, and you know, I just kind of took that in as, look, we're not gonna kind of settle for less and. Uh, I don't think being third in points is really going to change much. We're still showing up every weekend and uh, getting the best starts I can. And, man, I, I feel like if I can execute those, we're going to be, uh, I mean, battling for wins hopefully every weekend from now on. Yeah, I hope so, man, because this 250 class has been exciting. I talk about exciting. I heard, um, I believe it was an interview after the races, you were talking about where you had gotten passed and you kept making mistakes in that same area. And, Is that the tree? Yeah, the tree. <laughs> yeah. And I did see, yeah. and I'm not on this this Twitter deal. I'm not on Twitter, but a buddy of mine screenshotted something off of Twitter. It was one of the greatest things from the weekend. Um, it was the Justin at Fake News had tweeted, did anybody see Jesus push RJ off the track for McElrath? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't see that. That was the best thing. I, that, 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 that was the highlight of my weekend. I just had to throw that in there. Well, we'll get back to being serious. Yeah. Jet, Jet made a pretty no, I mean, oh, Go can, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. We can, hey, we can talk We can talk about that because, dude, literally, I don't think I've ever done something so stupid three times in a row, three laps in a row, back to back to back, same spot, and I didn't learn my lesson the first time. Didn't learn the second time. And then third time I hit the tree. So it was <laughs> yeah. like, I, dude, it was common sense at that point. I was literally all I had to do was check up a half second or just maybe turn a little bit more. Uh, but the last time there was a, a lapper right in front of me, and I knew Shane was kind of close because I just went off the track the lap before, and I knew white flag was coming up. So I was like, don't lose any time right here. And, dude, I think someone else hit the bank before I did and knocked it off even farther. Uh, so, like, my mental side was like, all right, I'm just going to hit it a little bit less than what I hit it the first time and still be all right. And it just happened to be that the bank was a little bit worse than the first time I hit it. So, dude, yeah, just completely, like, kind of off-centered myself, smack a tough block. And, dude, yeah, I, I was I was fired up after yeah. that one because I haven't felt that stupid in, in quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, Jet Lawrence said that he, uh, he's, he's said something along the lines to you, I guess. You hit a tree, you goon. So he was, he yeah. was, he was kind of giving you a hard time last night on Pope and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, like we've all been there, but you know, it's funny for us watching when guys of your caliber make those mistakes and then make them like a couple times. It's kind of like, wow, that you know, everybody, you know, even the best are not perfect. And so yeah. when you, you, I know that they AMA reviewed on one of the, cause your first motor, you went off the track in the same spot yeah. and I know they were reviewing that to see if you came on or not. How, and they just said, oh, no, he's good. Like, how close was it? Like, did you have to, like, kind of go ahead? I was, honestly su- hey, I was honestly surprised that the guy came over to talk to me after it. Like, I didn't know anything of it. Like, dude, I was 
50 feet off the track. Like, I had to go around the entire jump and the tree yeah. and then come back on. And I literally lost, like, three and a half seconds. And he's like, he, all he did was come over and just said, hey, you got to slow down on the water water truck lane. I was like, dude, I was out in the pit. Like, <laughs> I couldn't really do much at that point. Yeah. yeah no, they just gave me a warning. I mean, I don't think he was really uh, there too worried about that. Okay. Hey, so I know a few weeks ago you you were talking you know about training with at the Baker's factory and you're talking about you know you're, you're talking about running doing a lot of running. Um, did after you had, talked about that, did Alden did Alden say anything to you? Because it kind of got the vibe like he I think he even said something to Steve that like he would rather his guys not be running. Have they talked to you about that at all? Has that ever been an issue? No, I mean. The whole running side of it was more for my ACL, not yeah. for cardio or anything okay. like that. Like, and I don't, Alden really didn't agree much of it when it was happening. Like that was kind of under the table for everybody. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, even my therapist, the guy that I was working work or working with at the time, he didn't even know till I mean, heck, the week that he told me I could actually start running. Okay. I've already been running like four weeks before that, so it was like I, I just felt mentally like it was helping me out more yeah. than anything and it was building everything around my knee so once like i did some research and stuff and i realized that as long as i can you know stay flat or in a straight line for the most part um your acl like running doesn't doesn't affect that at all like, it's not going to strength or stretch it or anything like that so once i read that i was like dude if i run straight in the road i'm fine just stay off the sidewalk or like kind of eliminate any pivoting or turning or anything like that um, so once I read that, dude, I was like, hey, look, we're going to try to run as long as we can for right now and build up as much strength as we can around it. And, uh, I mean, I truly believe that's kind of why I'm at where I am. It's just because I kind of pushed through it in the beginning. Makes sense. Yeah, I went through the same thing. I had knee surgery a couple of years back. It had to have been like five years ago. But um, they were like, they were trying to hold me back during the rehab. And I'm like, I can do more. I want to do more. Because I grew up around like, my family, you know, have a lot of medical background, and they're like, you want to keep it moving as much as possible. And I was back riding. I want to say I was back on a on a pit bike in like six to eight weeks after the surgery. Now that may have been dumb, but you're I mean, dumb. I, I mean, I, like I said, sometimes they want you to sit still, and that's like the worst thing you could do because that scar tissue builds up, and then most of the time, people their their recoveries drawn out because of they're having to break up scar tissue yeah yeah exactly that's what i did right away like as soon as i got out of surgery i was like all right dude let's start moving this thing get it you know as ready as we can because at first i thought i mean it was june 18th i believe was supposed to be the start date yeah for outdoors um or maybe it was july i don't know one of them um but that left me at that left me at like three months from surgery to that date so I was like, dude, that's pushing it, but <laughs> hey, I'm going to do everything I can to get back to it. So I think at nine and a half weeks, uh, I started riding, and then at ten and a half, like, I started motoing, and then sure enough, they pushed it back three weeks or whatever it was. So at that point, I knew I was in, you know, pretty good shape. And I, I mean, I was, in, I was always in good shape, but riding side of it, um, I mean, dude, I was pretty confident coming into round one and didn't really lack anything from that. Yeah, the Supercross reschedule screwed you, but the outdoors schedule, it helped you out. So I guess it's a wash in the end. But, uh, 
Hey, let's talk about flaggers for a minute, right? We we see a lot of we've seen a lot of issues every season, but it seems like this year there's been a lot of. Uh, I mean, I guess they're coming to highlight on inadequacies in the blue flags, or maybe even the ride the the lappers moving over. And we saw what happened in the 450 uh, practice with the yellow flags and AC and Bogle. I mean, what what do you think, man? Do you have you noticed any? issues that are more drastic or more maybe more of a problem this year what do you think could be done any thoughts um i mean i don't i mean yeah blue flag lappers are kind of always you know a thing but mine was uh loretta's one i believe okay yeah, loretta's one um the amateur finish line dude i almost ended my season just from a flagger not flagging like i like, yeah, the amateur finish, you have that, like, turning triple yes, yes. kind of thing. And then you had, like, a kicker down at the bottom. Well, I was turning that into a double, double, like, jumped over the kicker, and I doubled on and went to go double off, and Harrison was down. No yellow flag, and I guess he was down for a while. And, I, dude, I smashed him, landed right on him, went flipping. And, uh, I mean, it just happens that you're talking about a blue flag. But, I, I mean, dude, that could have ended my whole season round one or round two or whatever that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if blue flags any different or lappers are any different. Uh, I mean, actually, I am lapping more guys now than what I ever have. Right, kind of in the front. Well, I guess I run into them more this year. Okay, so let's let's put yourself, if you can, in their position, in a lapper's position, and you know, you're you're 25th and you're battling for 25th with a guy, and you get a blue flag. Like as a racer. It's not easy to be like, oh, let me get out of this other guy's way while I'm racing with this guy. Like, I, I know when you're a le- the leaders and you're lapping people, it's frustrating. But, like, I can kind of see their side, too, where they're like, dude, I'm in my own race, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't – if you're in – if you're not in points, like, if you're not in 20th or whatever to get a point yeah. and it's late in the season – like or late in the race, I meant. I'm like, dude, come on. That's like, true. I hear you. There's a race behind you going on, and I mean, I don't think if you're going to get 25th or 28th, it's really going to change much. Because uh, overall, right. it, overall for the day, it comes from points earned. And if you're out of sight of the top 20, it doesn't matter if you're 40th or 21st right, right. that you're getting the same. Time. Fair enough. I was just as a yeah, racer. Yeah. It'd I be... mean, I understand. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think just maybe a different type. Like I guess if you're a privateer and. You, know, you never top or broke into the top twenties or whatever, then it could be a bit different. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just you're talking to the wrong guy from that. Right <laughs> okay, <now>. fair <laughs> enough. I'm, people would have different opinions. On sure, it. sure. Um, I just kind of wanted to jump back to the Baker's Factory thing for a second. You know, uh, this is your first year with them, right? Yep. Um, uh, so going into that, do you kind of do you learn more from? Alden's like words and training like up front or do you kind of look more to like what Osborne and doing and kind of like learn from their example or is it like kind of a mixture of you know kind of which way do you lean or is it like the you know the example that they said or is it just listening to his creativity and his words on how to train um I mean honestly bike wise Alden really doesn't say too much besides like like he just pretty much hammers laps out like you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna freaking ride so you figure it out like i feel like that's kind of his mindset um i mean technique wise and stuff like that he really doesn't say too much um but he'll send you you know if you're struggling or whatever like you're leading the pack for this 30 minute moto or whatever and you got 
um, you know, six of these gnarly dudes behind you coming after you. So you're going to have to figure it out or you're going to get, I mean, past. Um, I think that's kind of the most you get from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, then like the whole training side of it, uh, you kind of, you train as hard as what you know. Mm-hmm. And once I came over to Alden, I mean, it was another level of, you know, training and, um, I mean, how much, pretty much, how much you can suffer and, you know, deal with it. How rad is Brownie? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Our whole kind of group's pretty go- uh, cool. Like, I like having Seth around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know Seth very at all, really, but I, I've met Brownie a few times. And that dude is, uh, he he's a beast. Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, it's cool to have everyone there. Um. How's my boy Mosenman, man? What's I, I thought he was going to be back this week, but uh, not yet. I haven't really heard any updates. How's he doing? Um, he's actually, I think tomorrow is his first day on the bike. Okay. Um, yeah, we're actually heading up to WW to ride tomorrow and Friday, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he kind of struggled with a little bit of a head, head injury a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, we're talking like ten weeks ago now. It's been a while, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just kind of a weird deal where he hit his head and was having symptoms quite a while after and didn't really – I mean, that's scary to – he was still having those, you know, eight weeks from the crash. It's like, all right, man, maybe, mm. maybe something else is going on. But I think he's – I haven't really spoke to him much. Just sure. From what I hear, I think I think he's um, pretty much on the mend now. And I'm not sure if he's coming back for any rounds or what the deal is. I haven't really heard. Uh, but I do know he's getting back on the bike this week. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I like that kid a lot. Um Last thing I want to touch on, man, you're you're pretty much a new dad, and uh, I got a chance to see your baby girl at, at the first Loretta's. That was the only race I was at. Uh, how great is that to have your family there, your daughter, you know, and being a new dad and just going through life, doing what you love, and, and having, you know, that family atmosphere at the same time? It's special, man. Like, I would have never uh, kind of – pictured or realized how much having a daughter is gonna or having a baby like have, having a kid is gonna change my life yep um but it, it's cool it's it's so cool and to be able to you know try just to, i mean a lot of people can't travel with their kids like we are right now and uh i mean she's probably traveled more at 10 months old than most people get to in their life right um so it's just cool to experience it all with them like you know having my first outdoor win in two years with the new team and uh, being able to come off and seeing both of them, you know, my wife and my daughter there. It's, uh, like I said, man, it's special. And then, like, I just feel like I'm riding for a lot more now. Like, uh, I mean, I have a family, which is, I'm 24, yeah, 24 years old. I'm married with a with a kid. So, man, I'm blessed and uh, just thankful to be able to, you know, go racing on the weekends and, you know, have them there. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I really... I'm a family guy, you know, and it's always cool to see Zach and his family there, you know, Chad when he was around with his his kids. It's like when I was first getting into the sport in the mid-90s, you know, it was McGrath and Emig and, uh, you know, the, the after parties and there weren't any wives and there weren't any kids in the pits. And it's it's changed yeah. so much, which I like, man, because motocross is a family sport for us as amateurs. And that's what we go to the races to hang out with our buddies unlike Steve Mathis, who doesn't want to talk to anybody. To me, that's why we go, man. We go to hang out and visit yeah. and interact, and it all no, becomes – go ahead. Yeah, no, and I feel like that kind of relates to a lot of the people that are watching. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, huge, I'm a huge Zacco fan. Like, I look up to that guy so much, and I'm trying to do as best as I can to kind of follow in his footsteps, and it, it, it's crazy how much it's 
lining up um, from both sides. Like, yeah, I didn't go to Europe or anything like that, but I kind of had a late start on this whole, um, you know, kind of factory deal. Right. And, you know, I didn't do great where I was before. And, you know, sure enough, Husqvarna took me in, kind of same, same deal as Zach. Started training with Alden. Same deal as Zach. Yeah. Uh, we had an injury first our, our first year with Alden. Both of us had an injury almost the same exact time. Started Supercross her, and then like, dude, it's crazy. And then you know he got a win outdoors. I think it was at Bud's uh, his first year with the team. And uh, I mean, dude, honestly, I, I just hope I can you know come close to what Zacher did through the team, and um, you know where he's at now. Like guys leading the point series by quite a bit. So. I mean, it's uh, it's cool to see and how he carries himself with his whole family. Like, you know, that's what I feel like a lot of guys want to, you know, be like. Yeah, yeah. There's, he he's he's a great guy, and um, you know, man, if you get a, get you a couple more overalls and things fall into place, it could be a double double Husky championship, man. And maybe you can end yeah. up in the the motorhome the motorhome life, you know, with that championship bonus <laughs> and. But uh, you got one more, Scotty, before yeah, we let him go? Okay. Just, just real quick, I, uh, I was listening to Pulp, and Jet was talking about how you and him kind of rag each other. And I was just going to see if you had, like, a funniest moment kind of thing with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, it was funny just because that pass I had on him at Redbud 1 coming down that hill, like, I was I was full sand. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no, there's no shot you're – like outbreaking me here like i'm <laughs> fully committed to this rut like i am not touching my brakes like we were going head to head into this and like he bailed literally last second so he came over and he's like oh yeah you weren't gonna do anything i was like dude you don't even know like i was fully committed you were the one that bailed last second <laughs> uh but it's just cool i mean he's so young and being able like dude he's like he's impressed me quite a bit just this year being able to battle up there with us um but yeah no nah, he's whole Lawrence is awesome and spent a lot of time with him last year. So it's, uh, it's cool to see him doing well. Awesome. RJ, well, once again, man, congratulations on the overall. Keep it up. Keep improving. We'll uh, we'll be watching you in a couple weeks at Millville. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll talk to you soon, man. But uh, good luck with your draft. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, RJ. Take care, buddy. Yep. Thanks to RJ Hamshire for coming on. Uh, TJ, you get everything. You got some stuff going on over there. Yeah, he, just adjusting things, getting things as right as possible. But yeah, RJ's always a good interview. Like he's always been. Every time I've heard anybody talk to yeah, him, yeah, it's just always straightforward, like a real person. Some what of these guys, say? yeah, I was about to say he's a good dude. <laughs> he's a good dude. Yeah, that's my yeah, yeah. That's my crutch. <laughs> but I mean, like, he can't just, wait to interview. Well, someone no, that said, you got to say he's a hole. Oh, you got to say he's a good dude. Then I say, yeah, he's chill. Like, yeah. it's been our well, I want to interview somebody now that's an a hole, so I can go, what an a hole. Yeah, but we, uh, you can interview me. Yeah, you're not really an a hole. You're just kind of a goob. Yeah, that's I true. did. I he did was going to say idiot, but then I just fixed a problem that we had. So you and, and he gave hey, you props for that. I give you, yeah, I I have multiple times on here giving you props for your technical know how. Yeah. and figure things out. I'm, it's more your. Wendy's as good of a hamburger as anybody else kind of thing that where I go and and your dislike for good music or just not caring about music that's where I go okay you're an idiot you're just jealous of this silky smooth voice <laughs> okay. okay I'm not gonna lie watching the races this weekend yeah and then like he said Osborne was gonna choke and that Tomac was gonna let go like win and then that for no, nobody could get any points off of Randis and like all of that was wrong. And yeah. I just I got a kick You're out of right. 
that's the reason why my my, my fantasy <laughs> See, team my fantasy team was just a sinking ship. No, but you're then you score better than I did. I don't know. I'm like I think I'm down to fourth now in our league. I need yeah. to get back on that. I, I used to do it before, and I just fell. We'll off. get you in our group next yeah. year. I'm in first, but it's like. It's not gonna last. Like Cooley's gonna get us. He always does. Well, that's how I felt coming out of Supercross when I started winning, winning, and yeah. I'm like, and then I won the series for our East Texas League in Supercross. I really only had one and a half good weekends. Like a couple weekends ago when I finished tenth overall or whatever, and then the first half of Red Bud Two was really good, but then the second half was terrible. So who knows, man? You can't really figure it out. Um, what? Do you, let me ask you guys about Eli, Scotty. I'll ask you first. So. Everybody's like, oh, Eli doesn't look like his normal self, or maybe the other guys aren't as intimidated by him anymore. When I see him on the track, like he still looks like Eli to me. He still has that aggressive posture. He still looks good. I, I almost feel like the other guys, like Barsha has stepped it up. Zach has stepped it up. Marvin, over the years, has always been right there on a, any given day. So I don't, I mean, okay, we haven't seen the, 30 seconds by the end, you know, ahead by the end of the moto, Eli, yet. But I don't know that Eli's that far off typical Eli. I, I don't think that. It's too stacked, man. Everybody is, everybody's bikes are dialed. The tracks don't really allow for that 30-second runoff thing right. anymore, I don't think. And, I like, I know it wasn't as bad this week, but I, I remember at one point, I think it was Red Bud 1, where GL was mentioning something about how he saw a little bit of smoke coming from Elo's bike. That's like four out of like the last six. It's motors. all yeah. It's been that all through Supercross. Yeah, like like that's He's, God, and that has to have something to it. And then I think everybody yeah. is just like like okay, that's the standard, and we're going to set it up. And then Kiefer and them are talking about. I think it's another valid point is Who? like Kiefer and them on never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, your bike says the other says to different. What a six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, yeah, we're anyway, not going to go there. We're not going to go there. That's that's changing this weekend. Are you already going to change it? Well, I'm I'm changing the front fender tip piece that has the key on the sides. That they're, they're Shad's got have it. You, at Diamond Dawn. It's his Pulpamex now. Have you wrote it once with it like this? No, I haven't had a chance. <laughs> I'll, you okay? Finish your thought on Eli. Okay, I'm we'll sorry. go into that. <laughs> I'm We've sorry. got, we got it. no, no, it's fine. We've got a few minutes before <laughs> we got to get to Little D, so I'll, I'll give you an update. But finish your thought on Eli. Um, I was just going to say like. I think the Supercross thing kind of is like a uh, moment for him. Okay. And like, I think maybe not as much on him to come into the outdoors. I know, like... See, I don't agree. But go ahead and finish. Uh, well, and then, and, then the, and then, you know, Kiefer was also talking about him having a kid. Yeah. He's probably a little more, you know, probably a little... Not the 8, 8, not the 8 p.m. sleep time and you know, normal routine that he was probably that used to. That could be. So there's maybe a little bit of all of that, but I think I I think everybody just stepped their game up at yeah, the end of the day. Because I don't believe there's like a supercross championship lull because he wants I believe he wants the four, four straight. Yeah. I think that's a big deal to him. I know it was to Kranz. Who's the last is Ricky the only other guy to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think really and truly what it boils down to is no matter how dominant somebody is, sooner or later they start falling off or leveling out when everybody else is getting better. It just happens. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It's the changing of the guard. Sure. And no, maybe he's not the oldest person in the class. No, maybe, but it just happens. I mean, it's that's why we race. It's because there you don't know who and how long and all that kind of stuff. So, I, 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 I would think. Obviously, I'm wrong about everything. I think, but I would think that sooner or later, everybody falls off. 
uh, and oh, yeah. very few guys quit while they're ahead. I mean, if he would have quit after the Supercross title somehow, let's say it didn't race this year, and he said, I'm done, he would have went down as, oh, my God, he what he could have done, like Ricky when he stepped out and was leading the points when he walked away. I don't think we'll ever see that again. I mean, you even see Mike Tyson's coming back to fight. The dude's like 97 years old. <laughs> I mean, these guys don't know when to quit. Right, yeah, so. they, they need those glory, that glory. Um, all right, so I'm going to get into my graphics for a second because you guys make fun. But a little while ago during that interview, you were laughing about something. Is there anything you want to share? Uh, it was uh, someone was saying I needed an FMF hat. Uh, no, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. A, a, a fly, fly racing, racing hat. hat. Yeah, it doesn't matter what we're doing over here. You do oh, your well, job. you were you were looking at me like I thought maybe somebody had said something. That no, was... I, it was what I was showing him about the guy saying that Jesus pushed RJ oh, yeah. off the track, dude. That who, was who wanted the fly hat? No, he's. They were. He's, they were. They were looking at my hat and they were oh, saying that you I need, need a fly hat. Okay, a fly yeah, hat. I have and one I back said, there, but yeah, I, I was actually probably. I did get some emails from the the early bird guys, so that's good. And I saw Jonesy sent me a message, but Jonesy, I'll have to look at it after the show. Um, okay, let's – oh, wait, graphics, right? We still have a few minutes. So <laughs> – Are you removing any other stickers or just changing those Okay, I'm, I'm changing the front one. I'm considering changing the front – the one that's on the top of, part of the front front fender, mm-hmm. where the one that really Steve has the biggest issue with. I am considering it because most of those logos are actually on the back fender or somewhere else anyway. So they still get a little bit of exposure. But then Brent Rouse, who friend of the show, he's a privateer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the he Bolt mm-hmm. uh, hardware rep. Yep. He posted a picture of his bike this weekend. I sent it on Twitter to Steve. Same thing. Logo's all down the front fender. So here's my question. And he's a professional uh, no, motocross no, racer. No, no. Here's my question. How many times has anybody ever walked up to your bike, or anybody's bike really, and been like, oh, there's that sticker on that bike. What is this product, and and what do you think about that? They don't. It's not do about that. that though. It's just about you. I mean, if you, if that's the case, then why do any of the pros have any of the sponsors on the bike? Well, they were talking about they were talking about how like any team that you want to talk out there has way more sponsors than you. Steve brought this he up, did. And, and when he did this, it changed the way I thought about it because these teams have hundreds of sponsors. And their bikes don't look like it was like a sticker bomb Japanese The only place car. that my bike looks that way is that front fender because it basically looks like a rear fender, too, with all the logos. Some of those pro bikes have 75 stickers on the side panels, 75 logos. I don't have that many on my side panels. <clears throat> but Brent Rouse's bike looks like mine. And then somebody sent me a picture. I think it's Bob Hanna. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back in, like, the, the 70s. And his whole front fender is, like, logo. So... Are we going to talk shit on, like, the greats, the Bob Hannas? And- in 1970, no, we're not. Or 1980s <laughs> or whatever it was. It's going to be the late 80s. We're not going to talk about that. But this is, what, 2021 going into, and your bike well, looks... Well, I am getting beat down enough that I've considered removing it. I have literally walked in my shop two, maybe three times in the last week uh-huh. thinking about it, and then I walk back out and I leave it. Do you have, like, the same people on the fender and somewhere, hold on, and somewhere else? I think everything that's on the front fender is somewhere else. Well, then that's like the problem. Like X-Brand, Guts Racing. Are you going to put a pulp sticker so on there? The pulp you... sticker's going on the front well, see, tip. That might re- alleviate some of the... Steve doesn't really care. I know, but I mean... He he, he just likes talking shit. I don't like the graphics <laughs> because, like, how long have you lived in Texas? That doesn't matter. No, I have a I, question. I have a question. Um, since 93. 91. Uh, Okay, so you've lived a majority of your life not in California. Yeah. 
And the only reason why you throw that California stuff on there is because you want people to think you're cool or something. No, it's I. That's my favorite place that I've ever been on the planet. It's my home. That's where I'm in my in my I'm from. My Cal- favorite place is in between my wife's legs. I'm not putting that on my <laughs> graphics. Well, that's up to you. you. <laughs> I he said you could. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I was thinking about like this whole thing. I'm just going to pull the Ricky Bobby of Talladega Nights and get a tiger and it says me on the side of my bike. <laughs> yeah. I I love California, man. It's I love In-N-Out Burger. I love the the Pacific Ocean. I love it. That's 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 why it's there. Yeah. I feel like oh. if I if for some reason I decided to move to England or something like that and I've lived here you know, my entire life, I would still be like Texas flag. Oh, I'm a Texas te- boy. I was raised See, in I'm Texas. I'm not. Born, so hold on. The same thing. I was born in Texas. I was raised in Texas. I'll die in Texas. I love this state, and I get that. And I have put te- Texas Texas stickers on stuff. But it's not like, but I've lived in, but even if I move somewhere else, I will never have lived anywhere else longer. You know, does that make sense? The the amount of time I've been here to me has nothing to do with it. You should yeah. put In and Out Burger I've, on your on your graphics. I, I considered it. <laughs> that'd that, be that'd be cool. I can I've seen other people do that. Yeah, having it out. Yeah, yeah. California is just that's it's my favorite place to be. Yeah. So that's that's. I just don't at. get that, but it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Well, hey, one time I saw a guy out of out of Swan, and he had his he had a KTM, and the he had custom graphics, and it said Dope Whore Racing. And I said, why does it say dope whore racing? And he said, well, I was dating this girl who was a dope whore, and I broke up with her, and the money I saved off of her, I bought this bike. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right, let's take our second commercial break. We'll be back with Donnie Emler, Jr. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbiusA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. 
find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we're back. And next up, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether, whether you race motocross, sprint cars, or anything else, side-by-sides, it doesn't matter. Visit bloodlubricants.com. Use promo code MOTOX. As I always say, we want to beat Kiefer in his sale, so use the promo code MOTOX, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that thing going. But Blood Lubricants tonight brings us from FMF Racing, Little D, Donnie Emler Jr. What's up, buddy? How we doing, guys? Doing good, man. Uh, coming off an awesome weekend with a double header. What were your thoughts on that? Oh man, well, it was a great way to start the Labor Day weekend by getting to watch that uh, first Friday race, Redbud One, at uh, at the Fly Machine Factory in front of my desk. So that, so that was kind of cool, right? Getting, you know, working slash watching Moto, and then um, you know, enjoyed the weekend off and uh, right back at it Monday morning and uh, for. For us here on the West Coast, it's 10 a.m., so it's like, man, get get up, roll out of bed, grab some coffee, watch some moto, and it just, it just doesn't seem to get better than that, I don't think. No, I thought it was pretty rad. Uh, you know, again, I, I said to uh, RJ a little bit ago, I think it was – or maybe it was it was Justin Jennings from WPS. I was The only downside to me was I was technically at work on Friday, and I just had to leave. I took a half day so I could watch the race. But getting the two races on the same weekend was, was cool, man. I mean, it's just – like you said, there's nothing better than watching some good racing. And then FMF, man, with Zacco killing it right now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the, the only bummer about the two races, obviously not all, not all the fans could be there, which was, uh, you know, but at least we're, we have a series, at least we're back racing. You know, I was actually talking with the, uh, the NBC folks today and just had a quick, you know, catch-up meeting on just making sure everything's still going the right way for the, for the rest of the rounds and we're looking good and, um, I'm just glad, you know, motocross is uh, is a sport that that is back up and running, and I think we were one of the one of the first to kind of be back racing with uh, with Supercross and and you know having a pretty much a full series, and you know our guys are just uh, on fire in both classes, and you know that's really exciting for us because you know it's it's hard to win with your guys, you know, uh, you know a couple races a year, maybe you win a championship in one of the classes, that's amazing, but now we're you know, we're in the hunt for, for the 450 and the 250 uh, class with Zach and um, Dylan, you know, right there. And, and shoot, you guys just talked to, to RJ, I'm sure, man, yep. just being able to see what, you know, what he came or has come back from and, and where, where he's at now. I mean, the kid was just charging. And uh, motocross is a tough sport, you know, so being, <laughs> yeah. being able to be consistent and uh, keep it keep it on two wheels is uh, is the key. You know, we're – we're seeing some uh, some hiccups from the uh, from some of the the, the the Tomac camp over there at, at Loretta's, and um, but I think that's just part of what makes our sport so great. You never know what kind of weather you're going to get, and you know what uh, what could possibly go down. So it's absolutely, exciting. every time you think you got it figured out, something changes. Um, but you guys, you guys are uh, with Rocky Mountain too, right? I mean, Blake got a moto win. Uh, he's they're running your stuff too, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, you know, it was great to see Blake uh, back up with a moto win there. And it's just, you know, we it's so easy looking from the outside, you know, looking in on these guys and being like, why can't he do that every <laughs> single weekend? You know, it's sure. like, 
you know, when, when Blake's on like that, I mean, you, you saw it. I mean, there's just no, no touching him. I mean, he was just so much faster than everyone. It was just incredible. And as the, the moto picked up, you know, the harder he kept, you know, charging and pulling away. And, um, but you know, there's just so much that, that goes on and it's, uh, it's just one of the, probably the toughest mental sports, you know, I'm not definitely not at, at these guys level, but you know, I, I can only imagine if it's, you know, sometimes it might be frustrating for some fans. Imagine how frustrating it is for, for these guys, you know, that they just, you know, week in and week out, you know, sometimes you just have the momentums on your side and it just all clicks and you get this, you know, hopefully Blake, you know, Blake now has this, you know, confidence again that like right. he can be running, running up there. And then you can see the whole, you know, change, you know, a steamroll effect, you know, so it's exciting. I mean, I think, uh, we're as as fans just like everyone listening right now i mean it's so great to see different winners up there and you know it's uh you know it's gnarly when guys can continue to to win week in and week out but when you get new winners and things get mixed up with the points and you know dylan and jeremy coming together down <laughs> downhill I yeah mean, it's just ultimately you know we crashes we don't want to see anyone get hurt but man if it, if it gets mixed up and the, and the points are close and comes down to some of the last couple motos i mean that's uh that's where we get excited as, as fans and brands of the sport you know absolutely so i want to ask you about that 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 crash with jay mart we we talked about that earlier my opinion going down the hill dylan had room on that left side but i i feel like just sometimes dylan's a little impatient uh that's that's the fault i think because mm-hmm. he was clearly faster but what do you think about that particular incident? Incident, because to me, he had room, and then the the line just went away at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, I mean, it's great, great observation. Obviously, you know, it's it's, it's hard to say is Dylan impatient or is he just you know he he just wants to get through through the pack as quick as possible to to not let the the front the front pack get away because you know you, you see these guys once you know if he has a a bad start by the time he can actually you know get up to that you know sixth seventh position it's like the first three guys are you know they're they're so far pulling pulled away so i think he's just you know it could be maybe a little impatient when he gets a bad start um but i just think i mean just watching him and and how he can pass people you know anywhere on the track is pretty pretty incredible i mean he just literally takes different lines from everyone but you know that particular incident i would like to see like the rear view angle of that i think y'all would i I think it was kind of hard to see coming down the hill you know it's kind of an off camber downhill and i think the lines just came together and dylan was going obviously faster and i don't think jeremy knew he was gonna he was closing the door on him but he didn't know that it was he was already right there you know right um but you know what they it wasn't a, a bad bad crash and you know they both got up pretty quickly and um, we're able to, to get going and, uh, I just, you know, you see a guy like, like Dylan, you know, you think he's just, you know, gosh, he's working so, so hard to get, just to get back up to a, you know, a third or a, a second, you know, just coming from the back. So it's, uh, again, obviously we, we love seeing races like that. Definitely. It's made this season, um, Supercross and nationals have been so exciting and I get really bummed out because I see all the, the hate messages that dylan gets and nastasia has been getting some that bums me out man because like i've had a chance to visit with dylan a number of times and i feel like he's a really good dude and i i kind of feel like the hate messages are starting to get to him a little bit i think it really is bumming him out and i just man, it i, I can't stand it i hate it <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's 
it's easy to hide behind a, a phone or a keyboard and, and type away. And, and some of the stuff that people say is just, yep. you know, I cannot, I can't even it's imagine. Disgusting. But, uh, you know, I think it also kind of, kind of fuels his, his fire a little bit to just show everyone that, you know, he's not, he's not, not here to mess around. You know, it's a, there you, go. you know, ultimately I, I would never think, you know, anyone in the sport would want to, you know, take someone out to, you know, potentially, you know, really, really hurt them or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I think he just, you know, he, he wants it, you know, he wants to win and you get a taste of that. And, uh, you know, you can win the championship, you know, you might be the fastest guy. So you just got to get up there and do what you can to, to, to play the part. You know, there's a short stint in this, uh, in this motocross world, you know, you, you definitely, you know, got to get it done before you're too old and <laughs> yeah, it's just part of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it could be could be worse. We could be uh, fighting UFC in the in the ring. Maybe we should put him in there and and let him lose. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad idea. Let's tr- let, make, if they're down for it. Let's do a new Monster Energy Cup instead of racing. It's just you know full octagon status. <laughs> new new Monster Cup. Yeah, I'd, I'd be. Uh, <laughs> we have to get Wes and Pike back out for that. Oh man, that's a, yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> go ahead, Scotty. All right, th- <laughs> I, this. Uh, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. Uh, this question is a little more company related. I I yep. just kind of wanted to because like obviously y'all make FMF pipes for every they do every every kind of bike. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I think they y'all might be ahead of the curve on a couple people on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I was just kind of wondered like obviously you have some factory partnerships and you're with a bunch of teams. Is 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 there certain bikes that you have to like design them specifically for, or, or does like does every does every brand have the you know the optimum performance for their bike, or do you have to kind of tailor made it for the for those factory teams? Yeah, so um, you know most of our factory teams are running a slightly different exhaust, just depending on their their motor package. And when I see slightly different, it's it's mainly you know for Supercross, it's mainly uh, more more for sound. And you know if a guy like you know Jason Anderson likes you know something a little bit more aggressive, or you know, Zach Osborne likes it a little bit more smooth. So that's kind of where we have to start, you know, messing around with maybe different header lengths. Um, we can normally keep the, the overall exhaust length the same as long as, uh, you know, we're, we're meeting the sound requirements. And, um, but it generally comes down to some, some slight changes in, in the header that can either shorten the overall length of the muffler or actually make the whole exhaust system a little bit longer by adding that longer header piece. Um, so, you know, it is, and if we do find stuff, you know, that, that's working really good, like kind of some of the stuff that like the Star Racing Yamaha guys are using, you know, a lot of times we'll put that right back into, into production. So um, it's, not, it's not to say that what they're running is necessarily better. It's just than what we sell. It's just more tuned for their factory motor. And, um, you know, we've all heard how sometimes these 450s, they have to kind of like detune them a little bit with, with some of the EFI, you know, mapping uh, settings and stuff because maybe the the motor's a little too aggressive, but they can they can detune the bike doing some other stuff. Um, so yeah, it all kind of comes down to you know what what we feel is best for a production you know customer and what that kind of the bike um, you know what where it might be lacking, um, and then you know and then versus you know the team stuff which is you know uh, more sound related and then just kind of tuned to the rider and and okay. to the, the the motor that they're that they're running yeah so i know y'all and we've talked to you before about getting like early access yep. to bikes and stuff like that before 
How do y'all keep a lid on that stuff? Because I know if you're getting an early access to a bike that maybe that Honda or Suzuki, whoever does it, want out there, how do you keep that under wraps? Because I know you're going to want to put it on a dyno when y'all are designing pipes and stuff like that. What's the procedure to make sure that the media or somebody doesn't snake an Instagram picture and post it and stuff like that. <laughs> I know it's hard these days with social media, right? Um, but, uh, you know, generally if, if we do get a bike early, it's, uh, you know, let's, let's call it a, you know, a KTM or a Husqvarna, you know, generally it's, it's shipped over directly from, from Austria, um, here in a, you know, in a crate, um, you know, we'll do a lot of the testing, you know, uh, later on after, kind of work hours just so we're not you know in front of people you know at the shop um but you know then, then there's sometimes where it's, it's not you know we sometimes we don't get the bikes you know super early like you know we don't have a you know necessarily a, a racing relationship with some of the to the some of the oes so we we don't really get the bikes early so we're we're chomping at the bit just like you know everyone else is to you know whether it's the new honda that's coming out you know we're gonna have to do our best. Sometimes we have to go out and just wait till they, till they hit the dealers and we have to buy them and hope that we can, you know, get our R and D stuff finished, you know, ahead of the, ahead of the game, you know, but you know, it's, it's hard. Like we get advantages with some of them and, you know, a company like Yosh would get an advantage with, with Honda as Mitch would with, uh, with Kawasaki. So, right. you know, it's kind of a give or take, you know, it is, it is what it is. And, um, but yeah, you know, a lot of times we do have to keep stuff, you know, under wraps or locked away. And, um, we've, We've got uh, we've, we've got a vault here just in case we need to uh, hide some things. You know what I mean? <laughs> so one yeah. of our one of our I listeners like had a question. Garrett Rockley wants to know what's and I don't know if he's meaning all time, but I'm curious what's the best selling FMF pipe for which bike like all time? Like the thing that is like this has been the greatest thing that ever happened. To, you know, as far as sales go. Yeah, I mean that's a great 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 question. Um, you know, it was funny. Uh, a lot of like our our top. 100 part list or part number list is bikes that you wouldn't even think of you know it's like you know you're we're, we're all so caught up in you know oh 2021 bikes are out or 2020 bikes are out so you're thinking those are going to be all your top top movers but you know we make so much you know so many different products for you know two strokes atvs um you know uh probably 10 years ago the banshee was still one of the number one selling part numbers you know and it was you know, and it's an ATV. It's just, you know, there's there's certain bikes that are that are so popular that we never even see. You know, a DRZ 400, you know, XR 650, like bikes that have been around forever that haven't right. changed. So it's like, you know, one exhaust fits, you know, 15 years. Um, <laughs> That's... Like a YZ 250 goes from 02 to 2021. You know, so yeah, um, it's, it's those type of things that would you would look at this this product list and you'd be like oh man i i would think you know a ktm 450 or a, a husky 350 would be at the top of the list which which they are but um you know you'd be pretty shocked to see some of the some of the bikes that are up in that uh you know top 100 list and we make um you know our our skew count for products is right around 1800 that we're constantly having to try to produce here at at fmf racing and try to keep on keep on our shelves to you know get to you know people all over, all over the world so um it's it's pretty crazy when you when you actually see how much stuff that we're manufacturing that's all just various you know products from you know little you know xr 50s to right. you know, all the way up to like i said 650s so um a lot of different stuff going on here yeah for sure um 
how, look, obviously we've heard COVID has been good for the power sports industry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all the negatives aside, how has it been for FMF? Because like to, I, I was looking last night at the website, I need a, a new carbon tip for my 15 dual exhaust and some of that stuff's out of stock. So I must assume you're just selling the crap out of stuff right now. Uh, like a lot of the other the companies. Yeah, I mean, obviously, anything that kind of had to do with like that act, outdoor activity seemed to really be flourishing, you know, during these during these times. And you know, knock on wood, you know, uh, the power sports industry was has been really good for everyone. I think we're probably in the same boat as as most. Is that you know, it's it almost kind of wiped us out of out of inventory, mm-hmm. and now we're just you know trying to dig ourselves out of this hole and. You know, being that that we produce everything here, you know, in house, you know, there's only so much time in in our day that that we get to, you know, to work. You know, we're working, you know, overtime to try to, you know, produce. We're trying to get, get more efficient on how we can build stuff differently and, and quicker. Um, so it's always like a moving target for for us. And you know, obviously we 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 can't complain. The you know everyone's uh, they're they're out riding. The tracks are open again. You know, we, you know, you could still go out, you know, and ride your off-road, off-road bike out in the woods or the, the hills, the desert. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty lucky, you know, you hear, you know, these stories, unfortunately, of people that are, you know, in the restaurant business and all this stuff. And it just makes you just really, really appreciative of, of you know, what we have in this, in this kind of small space is, you know, what, what I consider motocross and, and um, off-road riding and, and it's uh, it's been it's been really good, and we just keep kind of cranking away and figuring out how to uh, to pull out of this thing uh, yeah. even stronger. Glad to hear it. So as the bikes keep, I, you're bringing up like production stuff, and it kind of, and I'm like, I could ask you for hours technical questions. I'm super <laughs> nerdy about this stuff. But as these bikes progress, I remember like 15 years ago when the pit bikes were real big. I was working for um, CHP. And we had a dyno, and we were building pipes for like designing them, and we were doing stuff like like uh, like a C port on the exhaust, you know what I mean? Like a like a, like a to build up some back pressure and just different uh-huh. things that we were messing with. That uh, what's the next thing? Like like is there something coming down the pipe? Because these factory bikes are getting better and better. I mean like like do you do you have plans? I know you don't want to leak anything out, but is there something <laughs> that we could look forward to? Like hey there is something coming down the pipe because like I'm interested in that stuff. I think we're, you know, we're always just learning, you know, and, and like you said, the bikes are constantly evolving and, and getting, getting better and better. And, you know, it used to be where, you know, on a, on a two stroke or even older four strokes, it's, you know, they, they spend so much time in development on, on building, you know, the, the bike that by the time they get to the exhaust, they're like, uh, you know, it's, going to be one of the first things that that uh you know the guy takes off so let's not put a bunch of more time into developing that and then you know kind of ktm i feel like stepped up the game when they really started like putting better you know things on their on their bikes you know whether you know it was triple clamps or sure. yeah, yeah. wheels or you know the exhaust and the way the exhaust looked and you know in now you know a ktm exhaust doesn't look that hideous compared to maybe like a kawasaki that still has like a huge can and a black tip and you know so you know it is you know we we do have to keep that in mind and and the the performance of stock exhausts are are now they're they're spending more time on them because they really want they see now that 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 it's a race to really give someone a bike that is really close to like race ready that the guy could just really 
you know, not really do much to and, and pull up at the track, whether it's suspension and, you know, exhaust. So it's definitely something that, but it, it also, that's what drives us. You know, we want to make stuff that, that is better than, than stock or the competition. And, um, you know, if you don't have that, those kind of things, you get complacent. You just kind of, oh, you know, we're good. We're going to, you know, make this lighter and it, ours looks cooler. So people will buy it. And that's, you know, not, not always the case. You know, people obviously read reviews and they, they see what their buddy has or what they're winning with. And um, so it, it is definitely a little bit of everything. And what's, what's coming down the pipeline for the future? I mean, we're, like I said, we're, we're always working on new stuff and, and, you know, maybe some new looks to, to exhaust, um, you know, you know, fun things like changing up, obviously, you know, stickers and just trying to keep up with, you know, what's, what's cool. And, you know, we also have to pay attention to what's going on in the electric world. So it's, um, you know, there, there is a a lot to, uh, to always be moving and dodging and, and trying to one up yourself. Yeah. Brian Fullerton's in our chat room on the The Cherubies. uh, Yeah. From the Cherubies. And he says that hopefully thicker exhaust head pipes for the enduro bikes. (laughs) Oh man! Well, tell him to stop hitting so many rocks. <laughs> <laughs> keep your yeah. keep your bike yeah. off the ground, Brian. That's, that's fully yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if 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 he's if he's worried about uh, head pipes on on four strokes, definitely don't go get don't go out and get a two stroke, Brian. You'll be you'll be going through uh, through two stroke exhaust left and right, man. Yeah, Garrett Rockley had posted on here asking if the y'all had messed around with making a titanium two stroke expansion chamber, but I figured that would crack actually, like crazy, wouldn't it? <clears throat> We, we actually did um, back in the day for David Villeman on the factory YZ250, and we, we made the uh, – the problem with titanium is, is it dissipates heat so quick. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. And so so with a two-stroke, you, you need to keep that, that heat inside to the, keep the, exhaust the, you know, the chamber to keep that, that flow and that, that heat in there to create power. Um, so what we did is we, we took the, the very front flange section and kind of like the – the whole first probably eight inches of the two-stroke pipe was uh, was normal steel, and then we we had a spring-loaded part that that made the big expansion chamber was all titanium, and and uh, it didn't work that great. It, it, had, it vibrated. It, you know, I must the, say, cracked uh, like crazy a bit. Yeah, they they cracked it cracked a little bit, but you know, so we're you know i don't i don't see that uh probably happening for for us and plus the the in cost i mean you'd sell some of them but right. um you know it's not something that someone could really you know buy multiple of um but we do have some stuff coming for the two stroke that we're working on we got some new some new ideas there too so you know that's the neat thing is you know these these two strokes they're they're getting better tpi now and fuel injection and um so you know we we got some stuff uh, that we're working on that's uh, that's new um, you know, and obviously those bikes are very popular for the, for the off-road world. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. I got a couple more things before I let you go. The no drop, problem. the oh. drop, uh, subscription program you've been doing has been really, uh, I, I see a lot of people posting about it. People seem to really like it. How's that going for you? I mean, was it marketing wise? Like, has that been a success? You know, I mean, that's, that's part of, the, the, the business that I, that I you know really really enjoy is, is obviously the, the marketing side working with riders teams you know the media um, you guys um, all the fans so uh, I appreciate you bringing that up so the FMS drop is was you know an idea I had and it's definitely not the first subscription service out there but we try to make it a little bit different in, in the fact that you know our members are the only ones that, that get these these shirts so um, they have no idea what they look like when they open the box it's a surprise every month. And uh, 
each month we work with a, a new artist. So it's, uh, it's, it's someone could be uh, that, that I, you know, come across or worked with throughout, throughout my, my time period here at FMF or even outside our space, maybe it's the surf industry or um, it, it could be, you know, this month I'm working with a friend and it's actually pretty cool. You guys are the kind of the first ones uh, to hear about it for, for the September drop that I'll ship October 15th. Um, working with um, a friend that's uh, really tied in right now and she's doing a lot of work on the human trafficking hmm. uh, side of things and, and working on funding um, some, some, you know, a foundation to go after and, and fund these missions. So I'm bringing her on board because we want to talk about how important it is that people know about what's going on with human trafficking and that it is now surpassing the, the illegal drug industry as the largest criminal, you know, ring of like, I think they surpassed it like $150 billion last year in human wow. sex trafficking. And I, honestly, guys, I had no idea. This was, you know, I think we turned a blind eye to certain things because like, oh, that'll never happen to me or my family. And you don't really hear a ton about it on the news until just recently. And so now that I've been kind of learning about this, I'm like so, so blown away. And so we're bringing her on board to help design the next drop t-shirt. And it's going to be all the money we raise is going right back to this uh, foundation uh, to fund, uh, you know, tracking down um, human sex traffickers or people that have been kidnapped. Um, so really excited to kind of tell you guys that that first. And, um, you know, each month we try to do something cool and different. And, um, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's a way for us to tell a story. Um and uh, and for, for our members to kind of be more engaged in, in FMF and feel like they're part of something. Yeah, I think it's a really cool program. You you gave one away to one of our listeners last time you were on, and he, he was super stoked. That might have been Garrett, TJ. I'm not sure. I think he wins everything. Yeah, Garrett does win everything. So <laughs> he enters everything. That's what you got to do to win. Um, the other We should give away another one. That's up to you, bro. Uh, can I enter in this? You, you're not eligible, TJ. I'm not eligible. Dang it. Yeah, well, let's give away a year subscription to the drop. It's uh, you know it's a once a month once a month uh, thing that'll show up on your your doorstep. So, if you guys are interested in in winning, um, get with the Moto X Pod Show, or um, you know if you want to know more about it, visit fmfracing.com and, and head to the apparel, and you'll see a little bit more about the drop. And um, yeah, I think we definitely need to give give one of those away. That's awesome, man. We'll we'll come up with a way to do that once we get off the air with you. So for our listeners, yeah, that's that's really cool. We appreciate you doing that. I also wanted to, I, I noticed in some advertising that keeps showing up on my Instagram that you have another collaboration with Ethica. Uh, so I jumped on that because the first, or I guess it was the first one, last or at MXDN at Redbud, mm-hmm. I got a set of the last ones that was kind of the camouflage boxers. And yep. I love those. So I got the new ones. How does that collaboration with Ethica come about? And, um, you know, is it something you're going to continue to do like every year or two, have another FMF Ethica set of boxers? Yeah, we try to do uh, once a year. We, we For the past four years now, we, we always uh, kind of release them at uh, Loretta Lynn's for, okay. for the kids, kind of get to see them first. And then, and then we release them online shortly thereafter. And, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's, that's, part of the fun part when you when you've got a, like a fun brand like ours that we're we don't we don't do a ton of collab stuff but when it when it makes sense and it's something cool and there's a really good marketing story to tell there um you know my friend malcolm mccaffey was uh the the original kind of owner and founder of, of that brand and okay. uh, 
you know, grow, growing up, he, he and I were, you know, really close. And so to kind of see what, what he started there and, and, um, you know, so it was kind of, it kind of just made sense when, when it uh, came down to it, you know, they support a lot of motocross athletes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just another, another cool thing to be, a, be a part of. Yeah. I like it. Um, did you have something, TJ? I didn't have one thing. I got okay. a, I got a product idea for you. Uh oh. Oh god. On, I like it. On the KTM factory bikes, they they don't run the little covers on the frames. So you y'all make a stamped FMF cover that goes kind of where that piece is. You're talking about. So um, the piece on our our muffler or the actual. Yeah, it, it, it's on the head pipe where it comes off the muffler. Oh. There's a little section of head pipe, and then the from the factory, there's a little like a little clip that goes in there and there's a piece of plastic over that. And I was, my son's riding KTMs now. And then I was noticing at the, at like a pro a pro-am they had this weekend, pretty much everybody takes those frame guards off and don't have that plastic. Oh. And so that little yep. piece is sticking out. Y'all should sell a little cover that has hose clamps or whatever that clamps on in that spot. <laughs> I like that. Are they taking it off because their boots getting hung up on the plastic? I, I well, I they take it or, off like like my son takes them off because it's part of that frame guard, which makes the bike wider, and he likes yeah. the bike to feel a little more narrow. Feel a little, hmm. gotcha. And so, yeah, I, I, and so I've seen them taken off. I just wasn't sure if exactly if it was because of uh, you know something getting hooked there, but yeah, the the width does make does make sense but on the factory bikes y'all make a little cover that has a stamped fmf logo there we need one of those to sell yeah yeah and and that uh that could be something that's coming soon actually oh nice well i have (laughs) a product idea i've had for like 15 years but i'm never gonna go ahead with it so i'm just gonna throw it out there my (laughs) mailboxes right you see John Deere tractor mailboxes and bass fishing mailboxes. I want to do one that looks like a muffler, a motocross muffler, and the tail, the tip, the the end cap would flip down, and that's where your mail would go. That's pretty good, right there. I like that. Yeah, that I, is I've, pretty cool. I've thought about trying to find like a plastic place to make a mold, but I'm never gonna do it. So I might as well just throw it out there. Oh man. So my have to. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a good one right there. I like that. That'd all right, cool. cool. So yeah, you, that, that's yours if you and want. When it. you open it up. When you open it up, there's a little built-in speaker, and it just lets out this loud <laughs> throttle. Just, it's got to be two-stroke noise. You can have either it's one. Gotta, oh, you can pick. It has yeah. a switch. You can switch it from two-stroke. Well, you can have a two-stroke silencer oh, or a four-stroke. too much yep. now. This is well, awesome. Anyway. What I was just thinking is that the, you can have it like the, the, Ed, the Ed Bassmaster thing, the, the little fish that yeah. used to come. Oh, that, you can have it like that, but it was an exhaust pipe. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, See, all right. We're, we're, two-stroke we're, sounds. We're making millions here yeah. on the Moto X Pod show. We're rocking and rolling Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, last thing I guess is I have an 06 Honda CRF 450. Um, it's got one of your competitors' exhaust on it because Eric Vallejo gave me the exhaust back in 07, and it's the same <laughs> muffler and head pipe that's been on there since 07, and it's extremely wore out. So I assume you still have stuff in stock or will have stuff in stock for an 06? Uh, we, I doubt we do right now. <laughs> we do obviously make that. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, that bike is pretty popular. So Heck I feel yeah, like it is. We were out of that uh, quite a bit. So okay. I will have to, uh, I'll have to let you know what the production schedule looks like to uh, to get get you uh, something out to. Uh, well, do y'all make cutoffs? Is there like an? I just thought about that. Is there like an age where you're like, okay, you know, 
the, I mean, obviously that bike is pretty popular, but where you're like, okay, we're not going to make any more for an 04 Yamaha. Like what, at well, what age? Do things... I know you, I, I looked on the website cause I just got yeah, that 1990 asking... YZ125 and there's nothing on there for that. Yeah. So what's your cutoff? And I know certain bikes will be more popular because they were like, yeah, the exactly. Best. It's, it's more of the popularity so we can kind of tell, you know, it's not, it's not really based off so much the year. It's more of the, Hey, we only sold, you know, 30 of these things last year, it's not really worth us producing right. say, anything less than 50. So we kind of just start, you know, phasing, phasing them out as the popularity kind of comes and goes, you know? Sure. Well, I'm going to stay in touch or, with you. Or we'll oh. just, or we'll just kind of tone back the, the line. So instead of making three, two stroke pipes, we'll just offer one. Gotcha. You know? So the line kind of gets smaller um, before we really, really phase it out completely. Well, I'm going to stay in touch with you on the 06 exhaust, and I've got to get the, uh, like I said, the carbon tip for my 15 Honda because I ate crap a few weeks ago, and it destroyed one of them. I see you looking at me, TJ, like you're about to say something. Go I ahead. was waiting for you. Yeah, I was just going to say, I bet you the the most money-making thing, like the, 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 the stamp that made the most money for him is the YZ250 two-stroke pipe because it's been the same, the same exact pipe for us. <laughs> well, I need... Yeah, and we we actually have updated it a little bit, so we still are able to use the same jig, but you know we we've, we've kind of tweaked it throughout yeah. the years to kind of like you know kind of do some different stuff. And uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it is nice when you have those those bikes that last you know a long long time, or you know we we kind of know that a KTM changes every three years, so okay, we know that it's going to have a lifespan of sure. you know, three years and uh, before they come out the new one. So it is, it is nice when you have those ones that are just kind of around for, for a long time and you can just keep keep cranking them out. <laughs> yeah. I've also got to come up with that exhaust for my my 90 YZ125, my Bradshaw replica, because uh, <laughs> nice. that bike is that I recently bought is just trash, and it's going to take a lot of work. TJ's probably going to be doing most of that work for me. <laughs> So, yeah, but I'll stay in touch with you, man, and uh, we really appreciate yeah. you coming on. I also want to give a shout-out to you guys up in Canada with Jess Pettis, man, kicking butt up there, too. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I mean, just uh, it seemed like now, you know, more of the series are kind of, you know, kind of wrapping up. Yep. We, you know, we won uh, at the full gas uh, sprint enduros last weekend. Oh, you know, uh, You know, GMCC is racing this weekend. There's still a couple rounds there, and, you obviously got motocross and coming off supercross championships with Dylan Ferrandez and, uh, you know, pet us up in, up in Canada. It's, it's good. It's, uh, it's a lot to keep up with. Because <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of different, different teams racing all over, all over the world actually. And, uh, but you know what, with it, that's, that's the fun part and that's what helps, you know, uh, our brand, you know, globally. And yeah, we, uh, really appreciate you guys having, having myself on and talking, you know, FMF shop and, Let's give away one of those drop subscriptions for for a year, and uh, good luck to to everyone for signing up for that and getting your name in there. Absolutely, Donnie. Thanks for so so much for your time tonight. I kept you a little longer than I expected, but I, I feel like it was a really good conversation, man. Appreciate you. Yep, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Okay, take care. See ya. See ya. All right, thanks to Donnie Emler. We're gonna take our last commercial break and get Shan Garcia on the phone. If you want power, then you need. Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. 
He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial dude. So like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly shoes. Wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we're back with our last guest of the night, but not our least favorite guest of the night. Before we get into this, I want to give a shout-out to Roger Gould. He was the winner of the Fly Kinetic gear from our fantasy picks this last weekend so congrats congrats to roger but tonight our next guest is brought to you by berm lords graphics and jersey id check them out at berm lords on instagram and hit them up at graphics at bermlords.com for any uh orders or anything you want to place but uh tonight berm lords brings us the owner of berm lords i can't talk tonight and shock socks mr shan garcia thank you jamie appreciate it yeah dude well we appreciate you appreciate you coming on board uh, I had a guy actually hit me up today asking for uh, your guys' email because he said he was going to place an order. So, Did um, he want graphics with like 100 stickers on it? Shut up, TJ. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is that TJ? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. TJ's in studio and our buddy Scotty T. What's up, man? How's it going? Okay. Scotty, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you. So, yeah, everybody's making fun of my graphics, T- uh, Shan. No, I mean, it's, and, and, and not it's, the design. No, just it's just the fact that he has well, like 500 sponsors on him. Somebody did send me a message yesterday. It was like, you need to find a new graphics guy. And I was like, they did exactly what I asked for. This, is, <laughs> this was all me, buddy. Well, well, let me say something. Nothing's changed. Everybody's making fun of Jamie, and there's nothing changed in the world. Everybody's always made fun of Jamie. So, um, not really a big deal. Well, we we got to let you go, Shan. <laughs> Hey, we did what you wanted, and uh, you know what's funny, Jamie, is Adam and I both kind of felt the same. We were like, well, there's a lot of decals on this, but it's what he wants to do. And, and uh, so, so, so basically, hold on, hold on, hold on. So basically what you're saying is 
Yeah, you look kind of drunk to drive home, but we'll let you <laughs> we'll this let you drive once. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought my friends would step up and be like, "Hey, dude, maybe you should rethink this." <laughs> intervention. Maybe intervention. you should tame it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, next next time you and Adam feel free to let me know if I well, this won't happen again. <laughs> so, no, you know me. I'm always gonna let my friends run themselves right off the. That trail. is true. <laughs> that is true, man. <laughs> so, Shad, you're at at uh, Diamond Dons for the vintage. Uh, Vintage race this weekend, man. How's that going? You're out there right now. What's it like out there? Quiet? We are. There's a, a ton of people starting to pull in. It's the 18th annual Diamond Dons Armor Riverport National. Uh, it's pretty much the largest vintage national motocross in the nation. Um, it's always held every year in April, and then obviously with COVID, it got uh, the can got kicked down the road to September, so they rescheduled for this weekend. And uh, Jamie, TJ, Scott, it's Scotty, it's uh, it's People are just piling, and it's starting to get really packed, and it's just going to be a fun weekend. JP and I are announcing it, and we've uh, this is my, I guess, second year to announce, um, but I've always been here covering the event via media coverage and sure. photos and race reports. Uh, so really looking forward to it, man. I don't know that there's going to be so many Europeans over here possibly, maybe not catching flights because of the current situation with COVID, but um, it's packed, man. There's a lot of people just steadily pulling in. If y'all have never been, it's definitely one of those things on the bucket list. If you're not really into vintage racing and you're a younger guy and it doesn't really interest you, one of these days, one of these years ahead, <laughs> will. You'll, you'll, you will get the hook and you'll eventually make it to Diamond Dons in Jefferson, Texas. It's, it's just a really kick-ass, badass event. Yeah, but I will warn anybody that does show up, if you happen to meet Shan Garcia, don't listen to him because he will make you do bad things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Springer's looking at me, giving me the thumbs up. He, he knows exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Jamie. Trying to steal, steal bulldozers. Well, I we just kind of relocated one of the bulldozers out here one year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to make it, and I'm blaming you vicariously because you're the one that helped me get started announcing, and I have to announce a race at Underground for, like, the District 41 racing. So I'm yeah, yeah. There, and, and it's totally your fault. <laughs> well, right on. Well. You always got to blame your friends for good things happening in your life. So <laughs> there you go. That's cool. You're gonna, that's cool. You're going to be out there announcing, TJ. And I, I know that uh, Underground ought to have a, a really, uh, really great turnout. Yeah. So Shan, uh, I want to get you on here. For a couple reasons. Uh, obviously, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID came on board with the Moto X Pod Show this year. Uh, we're we're glad to make that happen. Um, talk about the business a little bit. The, the, the reason that you started. I know we've had you on before, but. Talk a little bit about how Berm Lords is doing and uh, your goals. Well, I don't, you know, Jamie, I appreciate you bringing that up, and I definitely thank you for the opportunity since it uh, presented itself, and we're looking forward to 2021 uh, with you guys and, and, the, and the graphic sponsorship for the show. Um, you know, about, I don't know, four or five years ago, just kind of, I always thought it'd be kind of cool to run a graphics company, um, but I never, I didn't know anything really about it. And a couple of graphic companies around North Texas moved and or went out of business. So there was kind of a void. And Adam Montoya, you, you know Adam, and he's been oh, on yeah. the show before. Um, I called Adam and said, hey, Adam, you know, would you like to come work for Berm and the Berm companies and Shock Socks? And, and what do you miss graphics? And he said, yeah, I, you know, I totally miss doing graphics because he had worked in another graphics company for a couple of years and then moved on and got into the other, other avenues of the industry. And uh, I just said, man, were you happy where you're working right now? And he said, no, not at all. I said, you want to change? Would you like to come do graphics? And he said, yeah, you know. So we, we met at Village Creek one day at a race and just kind of 
threw the idea around and I asked him what it would take and what it, you know, the printers and I knew no, I knew really nothing about that side of it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so I, I kind of got him on board and he kind of runs the graphics part of it on the design and day to day. I do the day to day operations and the marketing and the finances and he does the design. He's the design guru with Flexi and, and uh, you know, customers call and usually speak with him or email him and uh, they put together custom kits. So pretty much, We've got a handful of house kits, and we're pretty much a full-blown custom graphic deal. And we've got, you know, a lot of great business out of Texas and, and the North Dallas, North Texas region specifically. And we're starting to get uh, the phone starting to ring and starting to get emails and Instagram messages from uh, customers all over the nation now. So Fantastic. we're uh, what two and a half years into it, and it's going going really well, going really well. Yeah, and like my favorite thing. Uh, that you guys have done is honestly one of my jerseys you did last year. The uh, with the, the Iron Maiden. You, yeah, you put Eddie from Iron Maiden inside the logo. I was looking to see if it was in here where I no, could sell it trailer. on like the video so people could see this. Oh, it's amazing. I can send you a picture of it in a second. Yeah, but yeah, that that thing was rad. Like when Adam came back with that because I was kind of like, oh, do the do the last name or do Dark Side in the Iron Maiden font, and he did that. But then it came back with Eddie and the number, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is the only jersey I'm probably ever going to wear ever again. So, killer. Right, that made it official. Yeah, that was that killer. Made it official having the Eddie in there. Hell yeah. Um, talk about shock socks a little bit. The uh, the original, number one, 10-second removable fork seal protector. Man, you've been doing shock socks for, I feel like, what, 15, 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Jamie, it's crazy. It's Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I joined uh, Kevin Weeble, the original owner of shock socks, back in 2006, and uh, we started kind of toying with the conversation of me joining him in 2005. So we're 15, 15 years into it, and uh, I bought it from him in 2007. So I've kind of been at the driver's seat here uh, for 13 years now, and uh, just it's been incredible. It's crazy. We're just talking about this at supper time tonight here in Jefferson, Texas at the restaurant. Uh, what's crazy is with this COVID deal, my sales have been astronomical. They've, they've blown away. It just continually climbed the sales ladder and blown away the previous month and the previous year's numbers and uh, just extremely happy and extremely fortunate that there's been so many riders, uh, you know, rely on shock socks and support the brand and support the company. And, uh, you know, we launched the street version about five years ago, and that has completely taken off. So, um, and I have no complaints, and I appreciate you bringing it up. I know we've been a long-time sponsor of the show. and uh, You were the first sponsor. Yeah, I guess so. And I was the first sponsor of TJ's son, Doc, as well. Yeah. When he started kind of heavily getting into motocross, so I don't forget those things. I'm a, you know, I'm a good old boy, and I, <laughs> I, I remember who, I remember who scratched my back and who helped me out, and uh, and I, I try to always remember those things. And it's been an incredible journey, an incredible ride. And you know, when when Shock Socks came on board, or when Shock Socks was started back in 2001, 2002, Kevin Weeble took the neoprene and he put three Velcro straps on to make it extremely easy and efficient to take the shock socks off the forks without having to lower the forks out of the triple clamp. So that's where the I came up with the tagline in 2006, the 10-second removable fork seal protector. And, uh, man, we've just taken over pretty much the number one motorcycle fork seal in the motorcycle market between Dirt and Street, Adventure Tour, V-Twin, Sport Bike. All you got to do is hashtag, do a hashtag shock stock search, and you'll see guys in Germany, Japan, Brazil. I mean, it doesn't matter. Different countries as well as the United States on all types of dis- disciplines of motorcycle, right. motorcycle riding and racing. 
So uh, it's been a it's been one hell of a journey, and I can't thank you know TJ was a big supporter back in the day, putting him on his son's bike, and Jamie, you've been a big supporter. And um, I tell you something, one thing I've learned in life and business, and I don't you know I'm not the smartest business guy, but I try to line myself up with good business friends and good friends in general and that can make a guy's business really grow exponentially a hundred percent you're and everybody in east texas especially in or the texas area knows you at the track and you you know you've got a good a good reputation so it's it's really cool to see where it's gone do you have something scotty oh uh, yeah I, i've heard the people that they do the customer graphics like you guys do i've heard there's problems with uh like trademark stuff and then like they can't do energy drinks or anything like that what what do you have to kind of do to give people what they want and then kind of avoid? Because I've heard of people, like lawsuits getting like really bad where it pretty much shuts the company down. What kind of uh, can you enlighten us on that at all, or anything you have to kind of jump around making graphics? No, yeah, I can definitely elaborate on that for sure. Because that was the question I had uh, getting the company going two and a half years ago is what you know what uh what are these hurdles we're gonna have to overcome and. Basically, everybody's really cool about stuff. Uh, Red Bull is not. You don't want to really copy, <laughs> copy, copy Red Bull. They're extremely strict. But, you know, we put a Monster Energy logo on somebody's radar shroud. We've yet to hear from Monster Energy, and, and I don't think any other graphics companies have heard. Most, from what I've gathered, and most everybody wants their logo seen. If I, uh, if I threw a fit because my Shock Socks logo was used on somebody's graphics in Pennsylvania, and I threw a fit, I'd be an idiot because I want that logo to be seen. That's brand identity, it's exposure, and uh, free marketing the way I view it. So Yeah, um, look at my bike. Hopefully that kind of answers your question, Scotty. The only real, the only real um, brand out there that I know that is a, a major no-no is Red Bull, and so we, don't, we just don't print anything with Red Bull on it. So I've got a listener here, Jonesy. He's in Australia, and he says he believes he has the only um, uh, graphics kit from Berm Lords in Australia right now. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. Thank so, you so much for yeah. uh, supporting. Yeah, Jonesy's a, Jonesy is a uh, regular hardcore listener, man. He's on here with us every time we're live on YouTube and listens. And he, I think I've shipped him some gear. I've shipped him some prizes a few times. So, yeah, Jonesy's is a... Is he the guy, Jamie, is he the guy in Australia that, that donated the money to Aaron Smith for the kidney deal? Benefit? No, that no, that was not Jonesy. That was, but Jonesy's donated some stuff before, I believe. So we've got a couple of listeners over there that do that. Um, but no, that one awesome. that one wasn't Jonesy. Um, but yeah, yeah, we have some great listeners, man. Um, hey, I want to uh, ask you a little bit about Texas riders, right? You're my, you're basically my Texas Moto historian. Uh, you've wrote the book, the Burn Book, uh, Texas Moto History. You've got them out there at Diamond Dons right now. What's the future of Texas motocross right now? In the pros, we see you know we're we're basically claiming John Short, Grant Harlan, and Ryder Floyd. Uh, what do you see out of those guys, and what do you see coming? Well, yeah, that's a great question. And uh, John Short's doing really well in the 450s, and he's kind of the seasoned veteran, and he's taken kind of Ryder Floyd in under his wing. And man, you can't say enough about Grant Harlan and both Ryder, Grant Harlan and Ryder Floyd because you're talking about two rookies out there that what Harlan ran 17th the other day at Redbud uh, for majority of the moto. And then Ryder Floyd a couple of weeks ago at Indiana ran what 15th place for about 22 minutes and then had a, had a bike uh, DNF or had a bike issue and had to exit the track. So when you think about 
kind of these, these puppies, we'll call them, these rookie guys. <laughs> and I used to sponsor both of them with Motor X Oil and with Shock Socks when they were on 80s and, and Ryder Floyd on 65. So I know these guys on a personal level. Super proud of them. They're extremely talented. They're extremely hardworking. They haven't given up on the dream. And this is kind of their breakout year in the pro classes, and you see what they're capable of doing, getting up there inside that top 20, top 15, and running a majority of the national moto 30 minutes plus two laps at that pace. And uh, I, I'm just excited for – I wish there was a longer national season so we could get more out of it and they get more um, experience. Right. But I guess, we'll, I guess we'll have to wait till next year. We'll also have to wait and see how they do – in Supercross because that's really going to be the tail of the tape as the Supercross season kicks off and then find out how good they are at Supercross, how they good, how good they are at timing, and then we'll kind of know what their future holds. As far as John Short, man, that dude's the, you know, he's the ultimate workhorse. You know that Jamie and TJ is just a solid animal on a bike, and he put in some really good motos last summer, uh, Millville being Millville, one yeah. of them, and, yeah, and a couple other races. And so – uh I look forward to John, you know, just trying to hover inside that top 15, finish some top 15 outdoor nationals, and then um, it's to be determined at Supercross. You know, it's, I don't know what class he would race, whether it be 250 or 450, but uh, just always one of those guys that's fun to watch because you know he's an animal on the bike. He's, there's nobody in better shape. So, right, um, yep. You know, those are the three names you mentioned, and those are the three that come to mind right now when you, when you watch the outdoor nationals and you watch the ticker and you see where these guys are. And Masterpool, of course. I mean, he's a oh, transplant. Yeah, yeah. Tie, yeah. But uh, both the Masterpool, Masterpool boys are doing really well and outstanding results. And, man, just outstanding starts from, from – uh, <laughs> Tyler. From, yeah, from Tyler. Just incredible. So I think Texas Motocross is doing pretty well. Um, it's not the days of 2007 where you had Packley, LeMoyne, Cunningham, Wharton, both Whartons, the Hans brothers. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's – kind of the next best thing and that of course that was 13 years ago so all those guys are are uh, have since retired basically and uh looking forward to the next uh hoping john short and and Ryder floyd and and grant harlan can get out there and then knock out some solid 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 results here in the next year or two definitely uh, going going into your uh, your vet national that you got this weekend what what clout a class has the most clout like which the 100 one? class. The, I, that's what I say. I heard the one. I was talking to a Moeller at uh, South Central John, on Sunday. yeah. And uh, he was talking about uh, that T100 class is sweet. But, but that he that he also likes the doing the 500s and stuff. So, like, is it which which one? Which one do you do you like the fans come and watch the most? Man, that 100cc shootout is uh, that's the one that draws them the fence. Now, they have. You know, and I don't know the technical names of the classes because ARMA does it a lot different than what our modern motocross we're used to. They may have like a Grand Prix Ultima class, a Grand Prix 250 Ultima Intermediate. Um, I, I, as the announcer at these events, occasionally, it's on occasion, it gets kind of confusing for me to keep up with the classes until <laughs> I have the paperwork in my hand. But, you know, you'll have the 250 Expert class where you have Trampus Parker and Trey Jorsky you know, Trampus is a two-time world champion. He always shows up at these Arma Nationals. And um, these guys these guys hammer down. And then you got guys like Brandon Glenn and John Moeller and uh, and some of the younger guys that show up, and they're on these borrowed bikes, and they hammer down just like they would at a modern, uh, modern amateur race. But that 100cc class, man, that's really something to watch because you get these guys, these older guys that are in their 60s and 70s, 
They spend thousands of dollars building these 100cc bikes up, uh, and it's like taking a super mini, a modern super mini, without the suspension, uh, <laughs> without that great a suspension, and, and right. not that strong of a motor. Yeah. But then you have, then you have a guy like Guy Cooper, Trey Dorsey, uh, the modern guys. They mix it up with these guys that are in their 60s, and these kids, and I call them kids, they're 25, 21. They're really surprised at how fast these dudes in their 50s and 60s go on those 100cc bikes. But those guys grew up racing those bikes back in 81, 82, 83, 84. And so it's, it's really cool to see the mixture of age, but it's just really badass watching these 100s get reamed out like a hooker on a Saturday night. <laughs> it's just completely crazy. Completely, completely crazy watching those those bikes uh, get it done. So to answer your question, the 100cc races are, is the ultimate class to watch these uh, vintage nationals, these Arma vintage nationals. What's the what's the most modern bikes that are going to be out there at Diamond? I know it's more than like it's way more vintage than just our local. Yeah, it's not like stuff. TVRC. I don't think. Yeah. So what? How modern are the bikes? And are there like pit bike classes for modern pit bike or anything like that? Well, there's there's the pre-modern class, which is like 85, 86 CR 250s, mm-hmm. 85 KX 125s. So it's not the true vintage. They're post. They're called post-vintage classes on Sunday, and there are the pre-modern classes where you have a front disc and a rear drum brake. Um, and then, not not happening this weekend at Diamond Dons, but happening at Dony in a few weeks. They'll have arm. It's an Arma National, and they'll have the next generation class. And and TJ, that's where you show up on your RM250, and I show up on my O2 CR250, where you've got disc brakes. Uh, you know, kind of the last gen 252 strokes. They're allowed to race at the next generation classes at specific Arma Nationals, but not necessarily this week in a Diamond Dawn. Oh, okay, and where is that going to be located? That's in Joni at Huffman Farms. It's about. Um, Probably forty-five minutes south of Freestone on I-45. Oh, okay, yeah, kind yeah. Of up on the Texas exit, not too far, kind of between Dallas and Houston. What, yeah. One of our listeners, it's in the live chat, Garrett Rockley. He said his dad is going to be there this Diamond weekend Dons, yeah. at Diamond Dons in the Rockley mechanical trailer. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we got to go by. I'm going to be out there Saturday. Yeah, he's Shane, riding so. a bull taco on Saturday to eighty-three and at eighty-three Husqvarna on Sunday. Yeah, that would make sense, man. You're going to see. The Bull Tacos, the Nortons, the Pentons, the Hodakas. I mean, on Saturday, you're seeing some truly historic metal tank vintage motocross bikes. And then on Sunday, it's kind of when you get into our what we're used to at our age group where you get the yellow plastics and the white plastics and the right. green plastics. You know, know. something that just dawned on me, it's having a bike, especially like those Bull Tacos or those like really, really older bikes, you can't really practice on them because you break them, they're they're not making replacement parts. No, and that's, you bring up a valid point, TJ, and I get a lot of these guys, I've been doing these vintage races now for about five years um, on occasion, and I get these guys going, Chan, you need to... You need to go buy this 1975 Husky. And I'm like, well, a couple things here, guys. I'm not a mechanic, and I wouldn't know how to work on those things. And you, you have to own a bank, and you have, you got your, net, your, your net worth has to be about $3 million to start investing in all these old vintage bikes right. because you can't find parts. And when you do, on eBay, there's a pretty pretty price tag on it, and it's just uh, something that I don't ever care. That's, that's why, Jamie, you came out to Johnsonville that time, and you and I raced, and you rode my 85 CR250. I stick with that age group because 
those parts are fairly accessible still to get, and you can get them fairly cheap still. Yeah, and that was fun. Well, that and I've got a buddy of mine named Jerry Waggy. I don't know if you know him. He was real big in vintage for a long time, and they were doing stuff like taking all the old vintage stuff and taking the internals out and putting like more modern internals in the shocks and like making doing all kinds yeah. of like. I don't know. I don't know how legal that is because I don't know what what, <laughs> what the, the rules, rules are. are. But yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Well, hey, There's some cheater bikes out here, but I know you're getting at yeah. yes, they'll retro, they will retrofit some bike, and they there is a tech inspection here where they make sure the you know the pipe is zip tied on and the foot pegs aren't going to come off. Yeah. And, uh, um, but there are some guys that that there's some mad scientist dudes out here in trailers <laughs> at three in the morning, you know, welding away, doing crazy shit that right. you just kind of run away when you see it on the gate. You're like, wow, how the, and and they they will have modern forks, but. There are certain rules, and I don't know the rules either, guys, just like you. Um, so I, I really couldn't tell you exactly what they do, but there's some there's some, there's some some true nutcases out here that <laughs> they're up at 3 in the morning doing all kinds of crap to these bikes. It's funny. Well, you may not know those rules, but you have the Black Sox Mafia rules, Co- Coach Buttermaker. What are they? That's right. The Vets Unite rules. Lie and cheat equals success. Lie and cheat equals success. So I, right. hey, so you know, okay, I'm gonna jump back to this whole graphics thing. Oh, Jesus, you, you know how I don't know if you heard Pulp or how bad it got on Pulp, and how Steve Mathis was like, "Is the Black Sox Mafia gonna have a hit out on me?" And yeah. what I said is, we need to get some of those older, like you made them years ago, the Black Sox Mafia socks. Jamie Cheek made some just a few years ago. Yeah, we need yeah, to get I some. Still have, we, I still have a bunch. We need to get some of those, like, and send them to Steve Mathis, like, without an address, return address, and be like, we're watching you. Make sure you wear these at the next national, or, you know, you'll get it, yeah. or something like that. We can we can do that. It, it, yeah, I heard that he wasn't sure what the BSM was. Yeah. And uh, and no no harm, no foul. He doesn't pay attention to what oh, we're doing funny. down here. But Yeah, it, it's totally funny, but. 15 years of mafia magic down here in texas and uh you know there's so many people that know what the black stock mafia is and and uh man i remember one time west Payne. we sent west Payne and vanilla ice some bsm shirts and that was back in 2010 2011 when their tv show um literally just launched and uh they wore those black stock mafia shirts on live tv oh that's awesome yeah it was just the craziest damn thing because vanilla ice was like what the hell is the black stock mafia and west Payne goes it's Shan Garcia and the boys down in Texas, you know. And so, it, yeah, we can do something like that. We can hook up uh, Steve Mathis with, with a little care package. Yeah, we'll get him taken care it of. May or may not, that may or may not have a switchblade hidden in there. There you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll be heading out there probably in the next month or so, so we'll get we'll get that taken care of. Um, last, yeah, and he, he promising you a trip to Vegas? Yeah, he's going to fly me out to, to co-host probably in the next month. So, yeah, that's a done awesome. deal. Well, that's the least you can do. I mean, your graphics <laughs> did suck. So, <laughs> so that's, oh. that's the least he can do I'm, for you, Jamie. I love how y'all are uh, yeah. completely separating yourself. I'm going to clip that and send it to him. This so, is from my graphics guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y'all are like, y'all are absolving yourself. We did not, we yeah. did what he asked. Yeah. Listen, listen, when we hang up, you need to call the graphics phone number and listen to our voicemail. Okay. It's Kevin Kelly, and I got him at Loretta Lens just doing impromptu voicemail. And it's just straight up, hey, you've called Burnmore Graphics, and I don't know why, because they absolutely suck. They're the worst graphics in the market. <laughs> That's awesome. Do yourself a favor. Hang up and call another graphic company. Any other graphic company will do, just not Burnmore's. They are fucking horrible. <laughs> you, gotta you, have to list, you have to call and let your listeners listen to our voicemail. It's great. Yeah. All right, we'll- we laugh at ourselves, so 
you know, we don't care if anybody laughs at us. Right. But yeah, Jamie, Jamie, you you took a pretty good uh pretty good uppercut from Mathis and, and everybody else and, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was funny to listen to you send me that clip and I thought, Well yeah, there's a lot of damn a lot of decals on it. Me and Adam knew it, but we just like I said, we let Didn't you hang yourself me. and that's part of being a good friend. Well I will say <sighs> y'all Adam did the design on my graphics, and I oh, told the, him the to Suzuki. do. I gave him my idea and said, "Y'all make it right," and they knocked y'all knocked it out of the park. Yeah, like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, they they made mine right too. They did what I asked. Well, no, I'm saying when you let them have control, they right. did a great job. You weren't micromanaging, TJ. You weren't a micromanager. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, Shan. Last question. This is the important yes, question. Sir. Okay. What is Lawn Dart Rob Springer's alcohol level at this moment? Well, he's got a bottle of Crown, a cup of Crown, in his hand right now. And there's, let's see, how many Donovan? There's one. Three bottles. There's, he goes, don't do this to me, boys. There's three bottles of Crown. Donovan's doing a shot right now. There's three bottles of Crown in here, a apple Jim Beam, some McCormick Irish, uh, Irish liqueur, some Tito's uh, vodka, Oh, some Belvedere vodka. Yeah, Shan's a professional. This is this is <laughs> this is every weekend at the race. The, he he'll be he'll be fine tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, I'll be on the microphone hammering it out. It's fun. <laughs> no, Londar Springer's doing really good. He's still upright right now. <laughs> he'll be good till two in the morning. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, I'm gonna let you go, Shan. Thanks again for Berm Lords coming on. Shock Socks being a longtime sponsor, uh, a great friend. I appreciate you, and I uh, look forward to seeing you Saturday. Awesome, Scotty. It's nice meeting you and talking to you. Hey, nice to meet and, you. Uh, I'll, I'm probably sure. I'm sure I'll see you around at the track sometime soon. Right on. Please, yeah. Come say hi and introduce yourself. And uh, TJ, Jamie, love you guys. Thanks for all you do. And uh, y'all keep up doing the good work. It's been incredible watching y'all's journey over the past what three years now, two and a half. Yeah, years? seventeen. We when I started, seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, so it's been incredible watching y'all's journey. And uh, I think y'all do a, an exceptionally good job. And um, Looking forward to looking forward to being on board with 2021 with the graphics, and certainly appreciate the uh, the phone call this evening. All right, man. Thanks, Shan. Hey, y'all, y'all call that call that Berm Lords number nine seven two eight two two nine eight nine two, and listen to that voicemail. It's great. It's Kevin Kelly. We'll play it up right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that in just a second, man. Thanks, Shan. All right, see you, All boys. Right, see ya, Shan Garcia. Let's uh let's make that call. And I don't know why, because they really suck. So do yourself a favor, hang the phone up, and call a real graphics company. Any other company will work, just not for our They're terrible. At the tone. <laughs> All right, that was awesome. You got yeah. you, you have to be uh, very confident in yourself to be able to pull off that kind of... <laughs> yeah, especially like if somebody that doesn't know Shan, just some company, they're Googling graphics, and they're like, oh, let's try this. It's like, they're terrible. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Okay. Great show tonight. Thanks for Justin Jennings from WPS coming on. RJ Hampshire, Little D, Donnie Emler, uh, Shan Garcia from Berm Lords. We have our winner. What was the winner's name again for the – that we're going to do the um, drop? Uh, he sent his actual name a okay. second ago, but it's uh, Bal- Balo- Baloo. I think Baloo. Baloo. But we'll yeah. call it, well, that's how we're going to say it. That's how we're going to say it. Hopefully it's wrong. Yeah. And again, congratulations to Roger Gould for entering the fantasy contest and winning the gear. We had a bunch of entries. Really appreciate you guys all jumping in and doing the, the games and the, the contest, man. It's really cool. Want to thank our title sponsor, Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, Williams Moto Works, or Williams Moto, yeah, Moto Works, not, I was going to yeah. say Moto. Yeah, right. Williams Moto Works. 
Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, a uh, bunch of great sponsors. Patreon.com if you want to help out and support us. Uh, send us some money every month. It really goes a long way for us. We, we're, we're building a little bit of a cushion right now for when Supercross kicks off. Hopefully we'll hit some races. Guys, anything before we go? I'm just glad that now Scotty knows who Little D is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I honestly should have Googled that. I feel that, that was. If I you Google just, Little D, there's no telling what might come <laughs> up. Well, I wasn't going to Google Little D. I was going to Google Donnie yeah. Elmer Jr. And, well, I, then and you, I think what did I you say? When, when you texted, you said, like, I don't know who Robbie oh, I said, Edler Jr. I didn't say that. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely, it wasn't Donnie. Uh, whatever you say. Anyway, okay. we're going to wrap this thing up. Is the winner. His name he who? just put. David Lee. David Lee. Cool. Congrats, David. Appreciate you uh, watching and listening. Garrett Rockley, as always. Anybody else that's on there? I don't know if Hal jumped on or not. Um, good show. Um, not sure about a show next week. We'll figure it out. But for now, that's it. We're out. <laughs>